Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome to Game the System podcast episode 4, a podcast about the people that play and all things gaming, retro, arcade, modern, pinball, board games, and anything else we think is fun and interesting. It's 1st of March 2018 and my name is Mark Bell. I'm Matt. My name's John Bell. No, it's not really. (laughs) (laughs) We completely mixed that up. You went first, well, you and then here. you put in a wrong name. I hope everyone's enjoying the variety. <laughs> um, all right, how is everyone? Okay, I'm good. Good. <laughs> Let's, uh, should we just go straight into our first bit, reader feedback? Yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I've actually got a couple this time. Cool. Um, so, Baker Snark MDW on the forum. I think we all know who that is. That's Mark <laughs> Williams. Uh, he wrote, he's got a correction for us. We weren't quite sure mm. um, what systems Mule was on. I feel like this should be not in viewer feedback or listener feedback, but the corrections section. The cor- <laughs> Maybe when we get more corrections, which there certainly will be, yep. we can make a section for it. Oh, there's plenty of corrections to be made, because yeah. let's face it. We know nothing. We just talk rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we were we were saying that Mule was based on the Commodore sixty four game, which oh. is is true. It is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's more based upon the game that it was originally the system that it was originally re- released upon, which was the Atari four hundred slash eight hundred, which oh. Mark informs us of. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I never owned one. Did they happen in this country? I don't know. I can't say I saw one. Hmm. I'm very confused. I didn't even realise how many Ataris there were. Hmm. I totally skipped the Atari. Or, or, well, I had the Master System, which... Is not Atari. No, but... (laughs) No, it's the Sega Master System. But from what I understand, it's around the same time. Is it? Or it's yeah, but there's a little catch. This is, this is one of the 8-bit micros, more like Commodore 64 rather than the 2600. Okay, so yeah. the keyboard-looking ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I can't say I had much to do with Atari either. Okay. Um, back in the day. Yep. Uh, I think probably one of the first systems I ever played was an Atari 2600, but it wasn't ours. It was at a friend's place, and we'd go over there and play some of those games. But other than that, I didn't have any Atari systems whatsoever. Until mm. now, obviously, where I've got a collection of stuff. Mm. Um, but yeah, back in the day, didn't really play much Atari at all. Okay. Was it big in Australia? 2600? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah? I think so. I mean, it was earlier than the boom. I mean... Earlier than what? You know, like, at the place where... Okay, wasn't old enough to have the school... Like I think I might have mentioned before on the podcast, like, during school, everyone had a Commodore 64. Yeah. But I wasn't at school during a time where everybody had an Atari 2600. Right. So it was a little bit earlier than me. Mm. Mm. But I knew other people with them. Right. At least, so yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, so yeah, Mule was originally released on the Atari 
400 slash 800 um, and he also revealed a little tidbit that the game is set on planet Arado which is Atari spelled backwards right so there you go right uh, he also went on to talk about Eclipse that board game that you played Matt um, and Babylon 5 which is or one of the Babylon 5 games that is in the same genre as okay. Eclipse uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and Pocket Imperium, another game. Other <laughs> games that Mark Williams talked about. <laughs> <laughs> For the full list, <laughs> go to... Was Battle Games on Middle Earth, ah. Battletech, Inferno, which he describes as a Battletech game with demons. Mm-hmm. I actually like the sound of that game, that looks kind of mm. cool. Do you know anything about Inferno? Uh, I don't. I don't mm. know anything about Battletech either, but... Right. It seemed interesting. Mm. I, I, he said he had some unpainted minis, which I'd be interested to see because mechs and stuff are pretty cool. Mm. But I don't even know that if that's what it is. Mm. Um, I didn't really. I haven't had a chance to actually look at what he linked. Mm. But um, yeah, I'd be interested to see. Mechs would be fun to paint. I, you don't see minis like that, except for the the Games Workshop ones, which are all the the dreadnoughts and that sort of thing. Yeah, I kind of get bored of that um, style because it's always the same. Mm. Like, there's the, they haven't really. I guess they're stuck in that um, style because if they change it, people will get upset. So it has to be still reminiscent of that mm. um, dreadnought, you know. But I don't know. It's kind of boring. <laughs> mm. Mm. Like it's there needs to be something. I guess Space Marines are like that in general. Maybe that's why they do other races. Mm. Like the Tau, maybe the Tau was an attempt to do like more mechanical stuff without changing, you know, Space Marines. Yeah. Oh, you talk. You were talking about Warhammer right now. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Warhammer Forty Thousand. Yeah. I've never been. I don't like the whole sci-fi stuff. I've never been really into it. You don't like um, sci-fi. I like some sci-fi. Okay. Um, I love. Alien, Aliens, mm. you know, we're talking about movies, yeah. um, Space Odyssey, uh, 2001 and Space Odyssey, things mm-hmm. like that, Blade Runner. Yeah. Um, but I'm generally not a sci-fi kind of guy and I don't like the whole, the whole robot thing. And yeah. So, you know, Warhammer 40K, which is Space Marines mm. and stuff like that, mm. and Aliens, yep. never been really into. I like fantasy stuff, fantasy, demons, okay. things like that. That's interesting. I know... Obviously, there's people out there that like fantasy and prefer that to sci-fi, but I think that's the first time anyone's ever said that to me. Mm. Like, maybe it's be- maybe it's a product of my age and you know being a young kid. Um, no, I think I'm just weird. Because <laughs> there's no doubt about the fact that Warhammer 40k is so much more popular yeah. than normal Warhammer. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I just think I don't know. My interests are not as normal. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess. I mean, I really like. I mean, the stuff that I like the most in sci-fi is things like Blade Runner and Alien. You know, I love the dark elements to those movies, mm. um, and the really creative stuff they've done with the technology and that sort of thing that are involved, hmm. um, but still represented it in a way that's 
kind of realistic like this this could yeah. happen conceivably yeah. yeah um so that's the sci-fi that i really like but yeah i, th I, I think i'm with you there i like the sci-fi yeah. that is more realistic sci-fi that looks or could you could see potentially happening mm. Mm. rather than sci-fi that has a lot of time travel and yeah. that kind of thing which i'm not also not okay. into. Um, no, I love time travel. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. No, I I love sci-fi, and yeah, I guess time travel is one of those things too that it's sometimes it can be really challenging because if you start going down that path of like, well, if he went back in time and then did this, mm. then that wouldn't have happened and, in and the future. Anything can happen. Yeah, and it's the yeah. whole paradox, time paradox thing. Yeah, I, I think that's what it is for me with time travel because once you open that door and time travel is a thing, suddenly nothing really matters anymore mm. because everything is a thing. Yeah. Everything's, everything can be changed. Yeah, and it's the same with when you go down the path of the multiple dimension yeah. thing, you know, where it's like there's multiple dimensions and infinite dimensions and mm. it's like, okay, so no one can really die because then someone else from another dimension just comes and replaces them mm. this is what happens in like the marvel universe a lot like yeah. in comics mm. no one ever is really dead because they can always just bring someone from another dimension and there's so many like universes you know and Probably it's just an accepted universes yeah well it's just an accepted thing now um yeah and that's why there's like five bloody wolverines now or whatever mm. you know you've got wolverine and then you've got old man logan who's obviously the movie Logan was based off Old Man Logan, the comic. Hmm. But Old Man Logan is not the same Wolverine as the normal Wolverine. He's actually from another dimension. Huh. And he's from a dimension where all the other X-Men have been killed and he just becomes like a pig farmer. But, um, yeah, but then he gets brought into like the main dimension. Hmm. I don't, it's, yeah, it's really, like, convoluted, and they conveniently glossed over that part in the Hugh Jackman-Logan movie, mm. <laughs> but that's the whole idea. Well, I guess they changed it, which is, in itself, another dimension, like, that's, yeah. you know, technically... And that's what I mean, so now they've got all the possibilities open, yeah. so they can just make up whatever they yeah, want. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. that's kind of what gets me, and even the new Star Trek series, Discovery, yeah. um, I was really loving that series, and then the last couple maybe three or four when they start delving into different dimensions i'm sort of ah. cooling on it a little bit so well they went into the separate i don't want to this is going to be yeah we don't want to say spoilers but this is also going to be a a, a a black hole pardon the pun <laughs> of um discussion isn't it just for me <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i could talk about star trek especially the mirror universe Star Trek, mm. which is the best Star Trek ever, mm. where everyone is a total asshole, and the way that you <laughs> get a promotion is by literally stabbing your boss in the back. Yeah. And it's the total opposite of like the classic Star Trek, and that's why I love it. And mm. when that show goes into that universe, I was on the edge of my seat, loving mm. myself sick. See, I knew when I was watching <laughs> those episodes that you'd be right there, yeah. like, just really excited by yeah. that. Yeah, I was. Yeah, but yeah, we'll probably not go into that too much because no. it's really got nothing to do with video games. <laughs> True, not yet. yet. There's no Discovery games yet. 
There no. will be. It seems quite popular. Yeah, it seems to be doing all right. But um, on the subject of what is sci-fi and what is good sci-fi, mm. Mark Williams could talk your ear off about that. <laughs> he has some pretty oh. strong opinions about sci-fi. I think I've been through this, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, so what, where did we get to with Mark Williams? Um, oh, yeah, Battletech with Demons. That's Inferno. Mm. And like I said, that sounds cool to me because I like the fantasy stuff. Mm. Um, he also talks about Star Trek Attack Wing, mm. Federation Commander, mm. Xena and Hercules. Yeah, I think <laughs> what I'm, what I'm like getting from this is that it'd be really great if people who do like have experience with these games, because we obviously don't, mm. you know, would um, join the conversation on the forum mm. to share some of their experiences. Because I'm, it's really interesting, but um, I can't really add much. Yeah. To it. Because we don't have that experience. Yeah. 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 Um. All right, and he also talks about Mule in much more detail because we sort of tried to cover the basics in episode three, but it's been so long since we played it, and we only played it once. Mm. Um, so he posted in the episode three thread about, well, a, a good deep dive into what is Mule, mm -hmm. the basic rules, yep. stuff like that. So go to that thread if you want to see a whole bunch more stuff about board games and Mule. Mm. Um, <coughs> And we also have feedback from Leno411 on the forum. Mm. Um, I'll just read his general post here. So he said, Loving the podcast, although as a gamer with a non-pinball background, episode two had some lengthy discussions, which I was oblivious to. Which is a <laughs> pretty good point, Yeah, I think. I think it's unavoidable, though. It's yeah. When we have such a broad topic. Yep. Yeah. And we're going to be talking about all games, mm. there's going to be parts where some people can't connect with it, mm. and maybe, hopefully, by talking about them to people who don't have that mm. background, they will maybe seek them out. Yep. Because like many people, I wasn't a pinball player either mm. until recently. Yeah. Um, so I would suggest any video gamer like I was, um, who thought pinball was not interesting, mm. Maybe check out Pinball Arcade. Um, yeah. You can get that on just about everything now. Xbox, iPad. PlayStation, iPad, mm. mobile, whatever. Check it out. Yep. Um, that's what got me hooked on Pinball. Yeah. And maybe that can hook other video gamers. Mm. I know it was. I know Pinball Arcade is a big reason why Pinball is going through a resurgence at the moment. Yeah. Because people discovered it that way. Yeah. Yeah. And um, they. One of the cool things that they do is even though you have to pay for the tables. So if you want to play like Adam's Family, you have to buy the table for it. So mm. you can download the app like on your iPad or PlayStation or whatever for free, but then you have to buy the table pack, which has the game you want to play. But mm. they do a free one. I think it's every month or week. I think it might be month. I'm not sure, but there's mm. always a free one you can play and mm. you can always play Tales of the Arabian Nights for free. Yeah, and that's a great game actually. Awesome. Yeah, And I'd also suggest for people who do download Pinball Arcade, um, try and go for some of the achievements. They yeah. do break down the table into you know, what you can possibly go for and mm. that 
I think is a much more approachable way for a video gamer to get into pinball. Yeah. And yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yep. Uh, he goes on, he says, can't wait to get stuck into episode three on the drive home this afternoon. And then he says, um, if you guys have ever played any of these games in the past, back in the day, <laughs> um, would love to hear more discussion on them. So he's got a little bit of a list. Mm -hmm. California Games, Jones in the Fast Lane, Original Prince of Persia, mm -hmm. any of the Le Leisure Suit Larry games, <laughs> and ESPN Extreme Games. Mm. Now, I've been talking a lot, so I'm going to throw it over How to you guys. <laughs> How do we tackle the list? Should we just start by saying, is there anything that sticks out for you? Mm. Yeah. It's a good way to do it. And I, I said I wasn't going to say anything, but... <laughs> <laughs> The only game I have experience with in that list is California Games. Really? Yeah, and he does specify PC for all of these except for ESPN Extreme Games, which is PS1. Mm -hmm. California Games, my experience with that was on the Commodore 64. Mm -hmm. um, and I wasn't really a huge fan of it. Really? Anyway. Yeah. Never really been into sports games. And while that's not really a traditional sports game, mm -hmm. it's more sort of what do you call it? Extreme? It's not extreme sports. They were. I'd, I'd say that's a genre of game. The the games, games. Yeah. Like summer games. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> winter yeah. Games. And winter games. Yeah. There, right. there was a bunch of those yeah. games. Olympic games. Well, then it's like the decathlon ones. Mm. That's kind of thing where there's it's a bunch of little sports events. Yeah. Mm. In a bundle for the game. And I did look up on um, Wikipedia California games because it's been so long since I played it just to sort of tweak my memory. And it does say that California Games was um, Epix's uh, most successful game right. by a long way. Mm -hmm. So it was obviously huge. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it didn't really do much for me. I wasn't really into it. And the only other thing on this list is Leisure Suit Larry. I never played any of those games, which is weird because I like stupid, rude mm. humour. <laughs> I'm half British. So, you know, <laughs> I'm sort of half expected to like that kind of stuff. And I do. Mm. But for whatever reason, I never played a Leisure Suit Larry game. Maybe you need to go back and play it. Mm. Play something. Because mm. mm. they're meant to be all right, from what I've heard. Yeah. Well, I guess it's um, one of those games that I, don't, I, I only played as a kid. So it's actually kind of hard to gauge because when you're young, you put up with a lot of crap. And mm, you've got yeah. lots of time, so... Mm, mm. Um, and you want to see nudie things. I think they were, yeah, and you're yeah. propelled by boobs. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm still really am, but... <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, it's hard to say. I don't know if... Matt, have you played them? Uh, them? I've played... Any, oh, Leisure Suit. Uh, I mean, bits and pieces. I've never finished one. Hmm. But maybe... You mean you never got bit. the girl? No. I mean, I... I thought there I was don't, girls. Is there any spoilers? I don't know that you ever do, actually. Oh, really? Oh. Oh, that's, that's even cooler. Maybe like at the idea. end of it... I don't know. I never got all the way to the end of any of them. Hmm. Or maybe you're just really shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, pos that's quite possible. I think there's ways to <laughs> muck up things or do better. Oh. Yeah. So there's multiple endings. Yeah, don't, don't quote me on any of this, but I think you can... Do better and worse mm. on some of the situations. Yep. Mm. 
But anyway, I think I think probably I only played a bit of like two or three, and then I think six, which is the the one on the cruise ship. Is there anything I remember? The uh, graphics are way better on that one. It was one of the later ones. Yeah, yeah. I do remember seeing stuff about that one. I think so there was one on the original Xbox. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, I remember. Totally 3D, very cartoony looking. Hmm. Mm. So they come out of that, you know, the kind of adventure games. Mm. Genre. That thing, that yeah. sort of went away as well. So I don't, mm. I don't know that I was super into that genre anyway. Mm. Mm. Any other games on this list that people have played? Because like, oh, everybody just played California Prince of Persia. Yeah, Pr Prince I, of Persia. I played Prince of Persia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was a good game. I was surprised to hear you say that you didn't play many of them because there's so many popular games. Mm. I mean, he's got some real obscure ones in yeah. there too. Mm. But anyway, this yeah. was the game that uh, in in school. They had this installed in the school computers, uh, and everyone's like, "Oh, like the kids will tell each other, you just type Prince, and it's this game, yeah, oh, Prince.exe right. or whatever." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so a bunch of us all played that. Yeah, I think that was one of the games that for me, um, I got actually on the same computer that I had. Actually, I don't think I've ever had Legend Suit Larry, but I do have a funny story about that game. And it involves that computer, which I did have, Prince of Persia, a copied floppy disk um, of Prince of Persia. <laughs> Don't copy that floppy. And I had California Games as well on a copied floppy disk. All right. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I remember, I'll never forget a friend of mine in high school who had a computer, and he had Leisure Suit Larry, and uh, we used to play it together. And I don't think we ever got close to finishing it or anything, but um, yeah, his computer was a 60 megahertz Pentium. <laughs> so I think it was when Pentiums like first came out. Hmm. Um, and then I remember we never had a computer like when I was young. We had consoles before that. Hmm. And then we got a 100 megahertz Pentium Ooh. computer, which I think had like two megabytes of RAM. Or something like that. It would have been more than that, I think. Uh, no, I think that was it. Because I remember the later one, um, which was like 300 megahertz or something, came with eight gigabytes and oh, gigabytes. Oh, did you say megabytes? Sorry, you said megabytes. Came with eight megabytes, and then I remember my dad being like, "Let's double it to 16." <laughs> it's going totally over the top doubling it to 16 megabytes <laughs> of RAM. It, it might have been 4 megabytes. I don't know. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, I don't think it wouldn't have been that low. Because I had a 38... No, I had a 486DX66 and I'm sure that had 16. More. Or, no, even more. Anyway, we're getting far too down the <laughs> rabbit hole of computer hardware, which I've long since forgotten. Yeah. I could be wrong, but yeah. Anyway... Yeah, I remember <laughs> ringing my friend who had the 60 megahertz computer on the phone when we got our computer. And um, <laughs> I was like, oh, we got a new computer and it's better than yours. <laughs> and I was, because I was really excited because it was like, you know, 100 megahertz as opposed to 60. Mm. <laughs> and he like never let that go for like the rest of my <laughs> primary school time with him. <laughs> 
he'd bring it up every now and again, and it's better than yours. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. And then, yeah, so that computer, from another friend of mine, I had all these copied games and, yeah, printed Persia and California games and also California Games 2, hmm. um, which I have a lot of memories of. Yeah, California Games was a funny, funny one. The, some of the games I liked and some of them I don't. Remind me what was in there, because I only remember I like the Hacky you. Sack and the skateboarding. Oh, Hacky Sack, that makes yeah. a, that's a better way to describe it than what um, this Wikipedia page calls <laughs> what, it. What does it say other than Hacky Sack? <laughs> it was called, it had some other name. Footbag. Footbag. Yeah. Oh, really? well, that's what, what the hell is Footbag? In the game, oh, that's what it was called. Yeah, okay. Why is it called Footbag? Uh, it's probably like the Californian way of saying it. <laughs> hey, man. I'm going to play Footbag. I'm going to play some Footbag. Okay. <laughs> that's the worst name for anything. <laughs> so I suspect that's the one I've played the most in there. It has half pipe, roller skating, okay. surfing, yeah, starring surfing. Rip and Rick. Rip yeah, and yeah, the surfing actually. What? Yeah. Rip and Rick. Oh, starring Rip and Rick. Starring Rip and Rick. Right. BMX, flying disc, and footbag. Flying yeah. disc? What's that? It's frisbee. frisbee. I don't even remember that yeah, one. No, I, mm. I don't think I played that one much. But I, I used to play, yeah, everything else. But the funny thing was, like, yeah, footbag was fun. Hacky sack. I seem to remember that having goals. Like, it, or there was yeah. tricks you could do. Yeah. But I think there was some reason why I wanted to do the... W did it count off the, the tricks that you had done? Uh, it, I think at the end you would get a list of the number of times you performed each one. Right, okay. Yeah. And, yeah, and they all had different names and stuff. Yeah. And also, there was like occasionally a bird that would fly across the screen yeah. and you could try and hit. Hmm. So that was a goal too. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and it wasn't easy and it was, I think it was pretty fun. Like there was a lot of variety in what you could do. Um, yeah, I, I liked that, yeah. that part of it. But then you'd play like half pipe and that was, there was like nothing to it. It was just going down the half pipe and then turning around and then going back the other way and turning around and you just mm. that's I think um and if you got high enough you could do a spin yeah and that's like all there was to it unless I just didn't know what I was doing so it's hard to remember mm. but I think that one was probably one of the last things got to because you'd fail at it or didn't really understand how it worked yeah but then once I actually read the instructions <laughs> and figured it out yeah I think, I think it was okay I think I liked it yeah. so I think there was a decent enough things you could do. And did you play it on the C64? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. The superior system. Clearly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then yeah, you the had, like... The, the surfing one, I think the trick was you just go up and down yeah. the wave as much as you can. You could do the jumps. Yeah. There wasn't you much know. to that either. Yeah. You had jumps, like, and you had to... You'd go up the wave, off the wave, and yeah. you had to go back down at the same angle yeah. or the opposite angle, yeah. I guess as what you left the wave um, yeah. otherwise you'd fall off and then but then they had beach balls too which if you hit the beach ball on the end of the board it would pop okay yeah but and that was like the whole thing and you could go inside the tube of the wave yeah which always seemed way more risky than what it was worth mm. <laughs> but I, I'm not no expert on that game <laughs> yeah and I think the trick with the judges because you you would just get judged at the end mm -hmm. I think just to use the entire wave as much as possible ah okay I'm learning something mm. right. yeah that was a super popular game I mean it, it was ported to Amiga, Amstrad, 
Apple II, Apple II GS, Atari 2600, Atari Lynx, really? Atari Jeez. ST, Commodore 64, MS-DOS, MSX, NES, Sega Mega Drive, Sega Master System and ZX Spectrum. I was waiting for you to say like PlayStation, because <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it was on that too. Actually, I think it was, because um, it says in here somewhere that System 3, I don't know why System 3 have the license for it, but they have the license for it and they released it on... Xbox and PlayStation, or they were going to. Oh. So, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And then, uh, what else? There's the roller skating, which I always enjoyed. Cause so, is, is that one... Oh, I know. It's side-scrolling, yeah? Yeah, and it's side-scrolling, yeah, on the path. And, and you jump like over things. Yeah. And so you can twi- turn around. Yeah, you can, yeah. You can turn um, in the air, but also just on the ground. Yeah. And there's like banana peels and people right. like there's bouncing beach balls that go past so you have to dodge them yeah. and puddles of water and sand and ice creams yeah hmm. and when you fell over she had a little hissy fit right <laughs> <laughs> so you guys enjoyed the game then yeah i did i'm sure i spent time on it yeah like okay. a decent amount yeah right. i've been outvoted <laughs> yeah okay it's okay to have an opinion i think it is too it's it's even okay to have a wrong opinion <laughs> <laughs> like you too um what about the other games jones in the fast lane i've never even heard of um yeah i was i thought you guys i was banking on the fact that you guys would know that because i didn't know it either <laughs> right <laughs> no never heard of it and uh we talked about prince of persia that was a good game I like that. We didn't talk about it much. No. No. I mean, I can't say I got very far in it. I don't know that I've ever finished it. I don't think I've I think I was terrible at the sword fighting. Back in the day, terrible Mm. at the sword fighting, but I think it's probably not that complicated. Yeah. You get it these days. Yeah, Mm. no, it wasn't. It wasn't too complicated. I think, yeah, I probably played it a bit later Mm. in its life, um, where I was a bit better player. I think I remember, I may have even had it on Mega CD, because it was on what? Mega CD. Oh, it was too, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Was um, it like re... Maybe re-done? that's where I played it. Maybe. I d- it seems so weird that it would be on Mega CD, because it was a game that literally fit on a floppy disk. Mm. Um, <laughs> they must have added some cutscenes or music or something to it to yeah. justify... Yeah, because that's what they did with Mega CD yeah. games. Chuck some voice in there, and then, yeah, it's a Mega CD game. Yeah, yeah. But I I must have just... I had those fl- floppy disk games for ages, and I think I just kept playing them. Mm. But And I remember playing a lot of it later, and, yeah, the sword fighting was actually pretty good. Mm. You had um, a parry, which is up, like you press the up key, and he'll do, like, a little uh, parry, and then the thrust move, and you basically most of the time just wait for them to attack and you could chain them together so you go parry thrust in like one movement Mm. and most of the time that would get them but then later on like later in the levels when you're fighting better fighters you could end up having like this full-on sword fight where he's parrying you and you're parrying him and you have like six back and forth Mm. movements before you actually hit the other guy Mm. um yeah that was pretty cool yeah i do remember the game being cool and um I think the thing that got to me was I, I seem to recall there were a lot of blind jumps. 
where you just sort of jump and hope for the best? There's maybe one or two. That, like, there's probably some memorization you'd have to have. Yeah. That, there's a few cues in the level. Like, you can tell when things are pressure pads, but you don't yeah. know what it does. So the yeah. first time you get there, maybe it's going to be bad. Yeah. Maybe it's good. But I don't think that really took away Spikes from the game. Spikes come out the floor and yeah. skewer you. And yeah. Because I play and enjoy lots of games that have blind jumps. Mm. But, yeah, I just recall that being something that was in the game. I think at that time, it wasn't that unusual to have a game that... And I'm actually going to talk about this later too when we get to talking about other games. But a um, game where it's actually just trial and error and then mm. memorization, as mm. you said, mm. of what you need to do to get past a part of the game. Yeah. So and yeah, Prince of Persia is definitely like that. I'm wondering if I would still remember how to do at least the first part yeah. from memory, like where all the traps are. In there. The first level was pretty was pretty easy, but yeah, you have to know it. Yeah, um, yeah you go through the dungeon and get the sword and then go back and yeah. there's one guy and yeah. you fight him. Hmm. <laughs> and then <laughs> when you get really good, if you um, hit the enemy guard before he's pulled his sword out, he dies in one hit. Oh. So once you know the level really well, you can just run up and then just stab him and he dies and then you just keep going <laughs> instead of having the whole fight. Yeah, It's funny when you work stuff out like that because you go so long like practicing how to fight and then you realize, I don't even have to do this. I just have to be quick and like go and stab him and then mm. it's over. You know what's kind of weird? While you're talking about sword fighting, all I could think of was Nidhogg. <laughs> it's actually very similar like Nidhogg has taken the sword fighting in Prince of Persia and just expanded it to like a today's standards mm. like if Prince of Persia was made now it'd be just like Nidhogg fighting mm. because it's actually very very similar um, but Nidhogg has like the three different levels and also the ability to throw your sword yeah. and then like other weapons and yeah, yeah. and but the modern mechanic where when you kill your opponent which is generally a second player they spawn almost immediately back. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Nidhogg was a lot of fun. <laughs> that was <laughs> awesome that night when we were playing that. That It was so random because I didn't know that there was even arcade versions of it or I don't know how that was running on an arcade machine. I mean, mm. it could have been anything, but it was obviously deliberately set up to be like an arcade machine. Mm. Um, I think it was a PC inside. Yeah. I could be wrong. Um but yeah, it was kind of weird because that was that was after PAX. Mm -hmm. That was the after party of PAX going mm -hmm. to I can't remember what it was called. It's Beta Bar. Beta Bar. Hawthorne Hawthorne mm. Hotel. Yeah. And they had a few games there like pinball and stuff like that. But mm. yeah, then this arcade machine that I think said Coffee on the marquee. Yeah. Which is super random. Mm -hmm. And there was Nidhogg. I'd mm. never played it before. Mm. But when we jumped on and played, that's the most I've laughed in a very yeah. long time. It's just hugely funny. Yeah. Yeah. Heaps of fun. <laughs> yeah. Really cool game. It's got that real, like, pa um, paper, scissor, rock feel to it, where mm. it's like, you know, when you're coming at each other, you have a few choices. You can... The person that is attacking can, like, try and jump over you and keep going without mm. fighting you or mm. they can just try and stab you quickly or they can stop and like try and bait you into attacking yeah and then if they're running you can like throw your sword after them yeah um 
which doesn't often work. <laughs> but then every now and again, the sword will catch up, and then yeah, it's like it's you have to try and jump over it or duck mm. or, yeah. And the whole idea is both players are trying to get to the opposite side of the the level. Yeah. Um, and it's it's single screen, so one player runs off the side of the screen, and then it goes to the next screen, and so they're sort of the player in motion going towards mm. their side of the screen to win the game. Yep. Then the other player has to try and stop them by killing them. And then when they do, they can run off their side of the screen yep. and try and get to the other side of the screen to yep. win the game. So only the player who's won the last battle can run through. And yeah, it's not like both players, it's not the first one to reach the other side because then you'd both just be running mm. either way. Mm. But um, you have to have won the battle to be able to pass through to the next screen. Mm. So it's kind of like you have an attacking player and a defending player. Mm. Yeah. And it's a big sort of cat and mouse thing yep. that switches sides all the time. Mm. And yeah. Set in a very retro 8-bit style graphics. Yep. Um, the other thing about it though too is that there is like a catch-up mechanic in the level design. Um, so in the last few screens the the way the level is set out actually favours the defensive player mm. because um, like for example um, there was houses where with doors so that uh, the attacking player to get through he'd have to go through the door and it's very easy for the defending player to basically just stand on the other side of the door and as soon as they come in you just kill them mm. um, they also can't it's much easier to get them like with the throwing sword and there was one with a big gap where they had to jump across and it was very easy to just stand for the defending player to stand on close to the end of the ledge mm. and wait for them to jump across and then just stab them. Yep. So basically, yeah, if you're playing defensive on the last few, on your side of the stage, you've got an advantage. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So there was lots of back and forths where like you'd be winning, winning, winning and you get to the end and then it'd be really hard to get through the last part. Yeah. Um, then you have that great moment of you've taken back control of the game at the very yeah. last screen and then you're trying to scream back through all the way to make it to your side of the screen. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yep, that was a good game. And ESPN Extreme Games, I've never played that. Yeah, I didn't think you guys would know that one. <laughs> it's oh, I know it. I've just never oh, you played know it. it. Okay. Well, I might have played it, but I don't recall it in any particular way. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I played it a fair bit in my teenage years. That's that's pretty much oh that and Skitchen games that make me Skitchen made me want to get rollerblades <laughs> and exp that extreme games made me want to ride cars. a skateboard. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was, it's funny, it's a weird game actually because it's got this like pushing mechanic in it where you're, so it's like a racing, it's like a racing game and then there's four different um, types of things you can race on. So you can be a, like a mountain bike rider or a skateboard person, um, rollerblader. They're called skegs. Skeg. Yeah. Skater. Boy. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's an offensive term, I hope not. <laughs> I just knew them as skegs back in the day. <laughs> and uh, the other one is a, an, a luge. 
Is it called a luge? When you're what? pushing down a snow... Wait, but what's this? This, this is the extreme games one. Yeah. It, is it skeleton? The one you head first? Yeah. No, not head feet first, first. Feet first. That's luge. Yeah. It's a luge, yeah. And, but there's also the fighting, like just like um, Skitchen or um, Road Rash. Hmm. So you can punch each other. And <laughs> like that was one of the things about the luge is you're so close to the ground that you had to... So there was punch and kick, and for some reason kick is like a low kick. So you always had to kick to get the luge guys off. Um, and then there's like gates in the game, so you go through gates and earn money. Um, but yeah, the push mechanic thing was you had a certain amount of energy and if you just held down the push button like you would in like Road Rash, you'd hold down the accelerator or in Skitchen even, you just hold down the accelerator which is just <laughs> the person like skating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you just held that down, you would go really slow because your person would run out of energy and then wouldn't be able to push very hard. But what you were meant to do is like get up to speed and then one of the other buttons was like a, a duck or something where you like go like low profile to cut down on wind resistance and especially if you're going down hills or something that would actually increase your speed and so mm. you're meant to save your energy for like the uphill runs and stuff. Um, which I don't even remember understanding that as a kid like <laughs> I only worked this out recently when I played it again um, I don't think I ever knew how that worked and I must have I must have been terrible at that game I mustn't have ever won I don't know how but I, I remember playing it a lot so I, I don't know how I enjoyed playing this game but <laughs> I played it a lot hmm. and only now I realize oh you meant to actually try and conserve energy because <laughs> hmm. I so I borrowed it on PlayStation off Nathan, who randomly had the game, and I was like, oh man, I have to play this again. And yeah, borrowed it off him and played it a bit. Not much, but yeah, discovered there's this energy mechanic. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's got the, the most lame videos in it, because it's ESPN, so yeah. I don't know if they had actual people from ESPN or... They were trying to recreate like the ESPN vibe, and it was just came across really lame, like full motion video. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and he also goes on to say, um, from the podcast, he's assuming that the three of us aren't current PC gamers. Um, but if we have played any modern PC games, have we played PUBG or Fortnite? I've played PUBG. You played PUBG. I have. Yeah. Ah. See, because I did say in the thread that you two guys do play current PC games. Yeah. Not myself, because I don't have a PC. Mm. Um, You've only got one computer. Yep. And it's for work. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you played PUBG. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Hmm. So, and? I mean, do we, do we have to introduce the game? Not really. It's apparently yeah. the most everyone, popular everyone online game. Right well, now. actually, it's now... Crazy. Surprisingly, Fortnite has apparently taken it over oh, it in has, terms of numbers. It? So yeah, Fortnite's yeah. free to play, I think. So yeah. that's probably why the battle royale. And also, right? it's on PS4, oh. and it's like um, cross-playable or I whatever. PUBG was as well. Uh, it might be. I don't know. No, I didn't. I don't know. PUBG's on Xbox. Oh. oh right. Is yeah. it? Is it exclusive to Microsoft? Um, maybe. I think I read something like that. Hmm. Someone can correct us later. Yeah. 
again making broad assumptions. Yes. But yeah, for, Fortnite is cross compatible, so you can play with, like, if I'm on PC and I've got a friend on PS4, we can still play together, mm. which is really cool. Mm. And it's something that there's been a lot of conversation about, and a lot of games have not have decided not to do it because, especially with particularly with first-person shooters, PC players often have an advantage yeah, when it comes people. to that, and. You know, console players might say, oh, I don't care, I'll take them on anyway. But I think that is, you don't understand the difference if, if that's how, how you think. Like, yeah, uh, at, at, at a high level of play, there's just no way you would win uh, a fight against mm. someone who's on a PC. They mm. just have a high level of precision in comparison. And also with... If there was the possibility of playing at that level on a mm. on a controller, that would probably be seen as a negative mm. because they're catering towards something that's mm. not as capable. Yeah, um, and I think this is the reason why games like Counter Strike have never done like cross cross play because yeah, it just would never work mm. um, because there's so much precision involved and it's like what we were talking about last time when I was saying how sometimes when you're playing against people who are better than you it feels like they're cheating because they're just so much faster hmm. and that's what it would be like if you were playing on console versus PC they hmm. would just destroy you <laughs> but you're saying it wouldn't work meanwhile it seems to be working for them well having said all that I think with a game like Fortnite Fortnite's a lot more arcade feeling hmm. it's also third person which was the same with PUBG I guess to begin with but it doesn't seem to have that same like real super competitive edge that mm. games like PUBG and Counter-Strike have um, which I think is a good thing for that kind of game because there's so many people that play games like PUBG who like yeah they're competitive and they're having fun playing a game being competitive playing a game but they're not like you know, high-level players. Um, it doesn't need to be super, like, competitive for you to have fun mm. playing a game. Mm. Um, and I think that's a good thing. Like, and I think it's a good thing to for a company to have the balls to actually go, yeah, no, we're going to do cross-play. Let's just do it. It doesn't matter if it's not even, you know, if people want to play on PS4 versus PC, mm. why not let them, you know? So I only, I only learned of Fortnite probably a month or two ago. Mm. Is this like brand new? And if so, who, who makes it? Is there a who's the it, publisher uh, is, or company? Epic. Or? Is it Epic? I mean, they publish it. Yeah, there's something to do with it. I don't know that they super make it, but they they super make it. You know, like they're... <laughs> ter- I mean, is that what they're calling games? developers now? No, and Epic's, not, <laughs> Epic's not what Epic used to be either. Sure, yeah. I mean, probably don't have all the names of people you know anymore. No. no. I think for a while there, and again I'm making There's no Cliffy B. Yeah, Cliffy B left and then Epic turned into a pure engine licensing, licensing company or right. something like this. Um, again, just going off what I've heard, which could be completely wrong. Um, so it surprises me that Epic's released a game that has just completely exploded. Yeah, but like I said, they, they, they may be involved in publishing and not necessarily like the primary developer. Oh, right. Which a bunch of these games on those 
had done. Yeah. There's like there's someone doing this part and there's someone doing mm. the multiplayer. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the other thing. Well, that reminds me of another thing that's a bit different about this game is that I think when they originally started developing it, it was never meant to be like an arena shooter game like PUBG. Yeah. It's it's a, it's a whole game in itself, which ha I think has a campaign and a story. And so there, there's mm. there's like so the Fortnite Battle Royale is that that mode, the hundred yeah. versus one or whatever. Yeah. And then there's another there's another mode that is yeah yeah, yeah. not single player, but you know it's it, there's now more. You guys mentioned it. I do. I, I just I forget the name right now. Yeah. But in the context of a normal game. Mm. Whereas yeah. when I was hearing it in the context of this, you know, battle arena thing, yeah. I just thought I don't know of any game like this yeah. called Fortnite. So yeah. So the other mode I'm forgetting the name of now. It's more like you, you know, you you, you take on waves of zombies basically. Yeah. I haven't played it, but it's yeah. So I think, right. yeah. I mean, without knowing too much about it, again, just making a bunch of really broad assumptions, yeah. but. I believe it, yeah, it has a campaign, which has a story, but it's also got all these mechanics in it that are building, like, um, oh, yeah, well, forts, that's why it's called Fortnite. Um, so you gather materials, so it's got all these, like, survival elements in it, kind of like, um, you know, uh, what's that game called? I've forgotten, but anyway, you can build, you can build like bases and, yeah, that's it, Rust. Yeah. yeah, so you can build bases and stuff, um, but then I think as they were developing the game, obviously PUBG became super popular and they added this battle arena mode and made it free to play the battle arena mode and mm. then people just started downloading it just for that. And wow. so now obviously that's super popular and the game itself, which costs money, um, I think is, I don't know if it's taken a backseat or, I know you can, I know they have um, packs now where you can buy packs with like different um, costumes and stuff like that. Mm. So I don't know if that was in the original plan of their development or what, but but yeah, it's all of a sudden really weirdly become super popular because I heard about it um, a while ago and I said to my friends who I played Counter-Strike with, do you guys want to try this game out? Like, it's free, we can just download it and it's got a battle arena mode just like PUBG and I wanted to try it too because I thought it would run better than PUBG because my computer is not that great. As I said, like in episode one, I think, you know, in Counter-Strike when someone throws a smoke grenade, my, <laughs> uh, my frame rate drops, which is like not a good sign because that game now is, well, this is Global Offensive, which is the newest Counter-Strike, but it's still like 10 years old or something now. So I don't it's know. retro. Is no. it 10 years old? 10 years. It's not retro there. anyway. I'm making a really broad <laughs> assumption again. Um, but um, anyway, all signs point to I need a new computer, and mm. and I've, I'd heard that um, PUBG was not very well optimized, and that you need a decent computer to run it. Not to mention the fact that it's just like buggy as hell anyway, mm. um, which I think is probably better now. But anyway, uh, so I thought let's try this Fortnite game. It looks like it might run a bit better. Hmm. And we all tried it, and I I liked it. And the other guys were like, "Yeah," they were like really into PUBG and Counter Strike. But now, like everyone's playing Fortnite, all of a sudden I don't know what happened. Something happened, hmm. and then all of a sudden all these people are playing it to the point where like I'm at work, and 
next to me is a young girl who we've got doing administration, she's like 18 years old, and she just mentions at random, like, oh yeah, I've been playing Fortnite. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> You've been playing Fortnite? <laughs> she's like, yeah, on my PS4. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> What the hell? This is weird. Yeah, so everyone mm. and their dog and their 18-year-old sister is playing Fortnite now, apparently. Are you playing Fortnite, Matt? No. Uh, so no, should I? I? I don't think I should, actually. Why? I mean, I, I, like I mentioned, I played PUBG. Mm. A bunch of rounds, I didn't like it that much. Oh, really? I mean, it's well, just... It, I, I are think you like me, where you just have completely overdosed on first-person shooters, and that's why I just don't care? No, yeah, I, I definitely played a lot of first-person shooters back in the day, mm -hmm. and not now, mm. but, uh, I mean, because I haven't played any for a long time, I, I, don't, mm. I think that's not the problem. Yeah, okay. It's more like the game, there's a lot of nothing going on in the game. Mm. Right. I think you know, you, there's, mm. there's just big stints of, yeah. you're either camping, you know, if you've scavenged enough stuff and you're in the right place, you don't have to run yeah. anywhere. Mm. Yeah. He's camping waiting for people to come. Right. It's not that fun, really. Right. Even with the map is so big, even though there's 100 people in there in the beginning, mm. you don't necessarily come across a lot of people unless Depends you intentionally you land like, somewhere where yeah. there's going to be action. But then mm. you've got no weapons because everybody's picked them up already. Mm. Or mm. Yeah, well, it depends. Usually, because there's like certain areas that have a lot of weapons and people know, yeah. and so they'll drop in those particular areas. Right. But then there'll always be lots of people, and it's really a gamble as to whether you happen to find a weapon yeah. or like you might both find a weapon, but one guy has an Uzi and you have a pistol, yeah. and then he just destroys you, yeah. or unless he's really bad, but or he's lagging or something, which doesn't happen. Um, or you land in the middle of a fucking wall or something, because that also happens. <laughs> Sometimes when you're going in, the textures don't load, and it's just like this, like, it looks like instead of a house, it's like this mound of Play-Doh or something that somewhat resembles a house. Is this just your computer, though? I think, I mean, it, I didn't see any of this in when I played it. <laughs> well, I think it's a lot better now than it was right. when I played it, but, um, yeah. Anyway, that's generally how it goes. So mm -hmm. you, you can go somewhere remote where there's less, you're less likely to find stuff, like supplies, yeah. and then take your time and move in as the circle gets smaller mm -hmm. and it's safer. But then the game, you end up playing for like half an hour where the first 28 minutes nothing happens. Mm -hmm. And then you get in a battle and you die and the game's over. Yeah. So this, this <laughs> is basically my experience. So I may be playing right. it wrong. Or you can drop into a place where there's some action and hope that you get the Uzi before the other guy. Yeah. And then you get like a few fights and kills and you have a bit more of an interesting game and it doesn't take as long. Mm. Um, yeah, that's generally my experience of the game. I think Fortnite's actually a bit better in that um, case or, or with that sort of thing. There's less uh, time of just walking around picking stuff up. And the reason for that is because you don't have to gather as much. Um, so there's no, from, from what I remember, and I haven't played it for a while, so I could be wrong, but there's just weapons. There's no like armor or anything. Yeah. You pick up, um, you can pick up a shield, and then there's like all all the items have levels one, two, and three. So every item in the game, there's like a better version of it. I think it's like um, 
like silver and gold and something else. I can't remember exactly how it works. And everyone who plays it that's listening to this is getting really annoyed. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but for, for <laughs> just to demonstrate the difference between Fortnite and PUBG, the item, the way the items work is much simpler. Hmm. Um, so there's less of Oh, I need to run around because I need like a backpack and then I need all the upgrades to my weapon and I need um, my armor and I need my helmet and I need um, all my like meds and um, energy drinks and all that shit and I need a pot for my backside uh, because Mark probably doesn't know but no, it's, there's, know a, that oh, there's a pan yeah, yeah. What? yeah. there's a, pan, a melee weapon that's like a pan like a corrugated iron pan yeah. and that's the weapon you want, not because you want to hit people with it, but when it's like sheathed on your back, it can actually deflect bullets. Oh, okay. So it's like having extra armor on your yeah. back. Right. Yeah. This is in PUBG. So yeah, hmm. you don't need as much shit in Fortnite. You just get your weapon, and then you hopefully find a better version of that weapon. Um, so once you've got your weapon and like your shield, there's nothing else to find, so then you go and try and find people to fight. So, hmm. yeah, in terms of the downtime of walking around trying to find all the things you need, and it also means that there's less chance of... Because what happened with me a lot in PUBG is I'm like, oh, I still need a helmet. I'm, like, running around looking for a helmet, and my mate's like, oh, there's someone attacking me, and I'm like, yep, just checking this room for a helmet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming, I'm coming. Is there one here? <laughs> nope. Just an empty bath. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so, yeah. I think it's, I think they actually have made improvements in terms of that genre, mm. um, which probably does account for some of its popularity. Yeah. Well, it was the first one, PUBG was the first one to really, you know, become huge. Mm. So you could see that there's going to be quite a level of optimization yeah. and things like that that people can yeah. see and release and yeah. whether they catch on who knows but obviously yeah Fortnite has mm. well the whole idea that PUBG brought which is the circle that gets smaller you know it's that mechanic that made it what it is mm. like it's so popular because mm. of that and it's 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 a very clever mechanic um, and uh, it's almost it's almost surprising that it took that long to come up with that idea mm. <laughs> because there's so many games before it like Rust and um, you know H1Z1 and all those games that were similar but they just wouldn't be popular in the mainstream because they take too long to play and there's a lot of sitting around like if you're annoyed about the amount of downtime in PUBG you should see what it's like in those games mm. like I remember seeing streams and the idea is really cool, right? Like, it's like a zombie apocalypse and you need to survive and when you see people, like, they can either be friendly or they mm. can be enemies, you know, and you can try and... There's, like, some social engineering there where you can be like, no, I'll be your friend, you know, <laughs> yeah. let's work together and then mm. you can, like, stab them in the back and stuff. Mm. Mm. And um, there's all that stuff, which is really exciting and cool. But if you... I remember so many times sitting down, like, oh, okay, I'll watch this stream... And they're just lying in the grass somewhere mm. with a rifle, just watching a hill. And they could be doing that for an hour. Mm. So it's like, yeah, 
that's what the, those games used to be like. And then that mechanic came in and made it so much more exciting. Mm. And I guess we're just going to keep refining. And who knows, maybe another game will come along that'll add something else cool to it and, yeah. you know, take over from Fortnite. Cool. <laughs> so, yes, you guys are obviously PC gamers, um, <laughs> modern PC gamers, even though you've got a crappy PC, John. <laughs> Mine's uh, pretty good. Right. I'm not, I'm not gloating, but oh, I, I, could not, no. I could play, like, you know, much, much modern games. Right, <laughs> much modern games. Yeah. <laughs> um, so on that topic, why don't we start talking about the games we've been playing? Mm -hmm. Who would like to go first? Looking at me, so <laughs> you may as well go first. You just said you've other. got an amazing PC. Yeah, but all I play is Hots. Play what? Hots. Hots. Heroes of the Storm. Uh, I thought you were going to say Heart of the Swarm. No, no. Okay, that's so confusing. I know. Why, why did they do that? Why did they do that? Exactly. That's so dumb. Yeah. For the uninitiated, Blizzard have two games <laughs> with it, initials H-O-T-S. And they're mm. not even that far apart. Like, it's, they don't yeah. even have, like, oh, that game's retro now, excuse. Yeah. Do you want to pause drink? for a beer? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Don't fall off. That chair got me again. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want one, Matt? Oh, should I? No. Go the IK+. Um, plus. Um, IK+. Plus. You haven't heard this thing before? No? You must have heard this thing before. No, I don't think so. I know now that it's International Karate Plus, at least. Yeah. So, <laughs> I might get I this story wrong. You can correct <laughs> well, we me. we start with, I had have limits, hard limits on the amount of beer I would drink in yeah. one night. Yeah. Oh. And it's usually, or for a long time it was two. two. And then it occasionally went to three, which was just out of the ordinary yeah. and then the ultimate where you just never see this happen but for whatever <laughs> reason it did start happening it went to four and so what did we start calling IK plus gold because yeah, so two was IK okay. three was IK plus because that's the sequel to IK yeah. and then four was IK plus gold because the gold version of IK plus is when three people can play at the same time <laughs> So it and long story, probably probably the reason, like the reason <laughs> why it's IK plus is because we we were at a you know a meeting oh, see, playing this games. Is the crucial information. I this guess. is the crucial information. Yeah. <laughs> the bonus stage in the Commodore 64 IK plus is this one where you stand in the middle with a shield and you deflect balls away. Oh. It's just eight ways on the joystick. And you just, you it's know, one of the best. Bonus games yeah, it's great. <laughs> and I don't think I'd ever finished it, but Sounds this one night where I just happened to have three beers. First time I'd finished it, I'd completed the whole stage. <laughs> it was like amazing. <laughs> it was the first time I'd ever seen anyone finish that bonus <laughs> yeah. stage. So yeah, I was so pumped, and that was on three beers, and so that's why it's called the IK Plus because yeah. that's what made me able to do it. <laughs> and you've never gone past the four, so I don't know what would happen. Although you've drunk pints. Ah, uh, so I mean, there's. What would we go? I've learned a bit more about my body since then, so. <laughs> I don't know if I want to hear this. It's become really <laughs> educational. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what what goes past IK plus gold? There no. isn't something. Not even on the night when we were playing uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon. We were drinking a lot of beer that night. When was oh, this? that was that in was Melbourne. Yeah. Bartronico. Yeah. No, I don't think so. 
Wow. Oh. I remember getting probably a lot of three. drinks. Yeah. I think I drank more at, probably three at pints. that other place, the the one where we had the, the back to the brewer beer. Is that the Oh, no, I didn't fleece? have more. That was just stronger. Golden Fleece. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think you've drank... I think four is still the limit, but you had pints and stronger drinks and stuff like that. Yeah. I've never seen him drink more than four. <laughs> anyway. It's games related. You can put it in the podcast if you want. Exactly. <laughs> oh, it's gold. It's definitely gold. Oh. <laughs> you nudging the side of that chair? No. No. Good. Um, yeah, Matt, we were, we were going to you to see what you've been playing. Hots. Sure, I mean, I've mentioned it before in the podcast, but yeah, I mean, it's the only like. <coughs> is he still playing it? Yeah, I mean. What's the, ga- what's the full title of the game again? Heroes of the Storm. Heroes of the yes. Storm. Yes, this is a Blizzard MOBA game. Right. Mm. Um, I mean, it's just there. That's kind of why I play it. It's, mm. it's decent, yep. but I, I, I don't know. Maybe Sounds weird, like I don't know why I'm still playing it. Maybe this is mm. what's spoiling you for PUBG, because Heroes of the Storm is like, just all go... No, Heroes of the... Heroes of Storm. The, yeah, it is Heroes of the... <laughs> now I'm getting confused. <laughs> <laughs> because of Heart of the Swarm. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Which is one of the StarCraft Two expansions. Or, right. well, is it an expansion? Not really. It's like a... Yes and no. It's I mean, one, it's part two of three. Yeah. Because yeah. you could just buy it by itself and that's the whole game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I still... I've got Legacy of the Void, but I haven't played through the campaign yet. Right. And we still need to talk about really why you don't like RTS, Mark. Mm. Which we didn't really do, mm. even though we glossed over it. But mm. I feel like already <laughs> it's going for to be in episode five. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. We're already approaching our time of when we need to close things off so we'll have oh to god yeah. okay so well sk- we've probably got another half an hour so skipping past the hots discussion and mm-hmm. it's river eight update label gate label gate <laughs> label gate <laughs> <laughs> so so right after the previous podcast recording where we talked about the label ethics drama mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i sent you a picture of a river raid cart that i had where the label was half falling off right so Pretty much right after that, I went up on eBay and just looked specifically for Activision cartridges which had crappy labels. Mm-hmm. And just happened upon this one. It's a boxing cart which the label was still there, but it was fully torn off. So it was white. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's the print like paper had been torn off, but the actual sticker was still there. Yeah, yeah you couldn't even tell what game it was, except mm. the guy had wrote boxing on it in pen. <laughs> yeah, and so I bought it because it was also like one of the cheapest. Uh, Atari Activision carts. It would be on eBay. So like yeah, done. And then, <laughs> and it was actually a good eBay seller because he wrote to me an email saying, oh, "I I test all the games, you know, to make sure they're 100% working, and I pride myself in all this stuff." And I'm like, I don't care. I just need, the, <laughs> I just need the housing. I love that post you put on the forum that was, what was it? A million boxing fans cried out and were suddenly silenced. <laughs> Yeah, after you ripped the cartridge open. Yeah, so because what I've done now is yeah, just cleaned it off. So the the label's all gone. And yeah, so I've cleaned off all the things. So it's it's a empty husk ready to accept my my game when it's ready. <laughs> that just sounded all sorts of wrong. <laughs> is that why it gets hot in your apartment? <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> 
because of all the empty at um, Atari husks that you're <laughs> ready to accept your um <laughs> so in your picture <laughs> there was a tiny little PCB was that that's it really yeah, all Atari games are just tiny it was tiny I know the cut yeah but it, it was the 80s Okay, so yeah, the cartridge is like that. It's maybe like a few centimetres by a few centimetres mm. inside a box that's way bigger. Yeah. The console's like that as well, honestly. The, the board is, you know, about as big as a little paperback book. But the huh. it's in a huge empty... Yeah, I didn't know that. Because you know, I saw that and I thought, what, what's that tiny PCB? It can't be the that's, game. That's the whole game, yeah. You think of like GBA games and stuff like that. They're mm. about that size. I wouldn't yeah. have thought the yeah, Atari 2600 would have been that size. And they're wasting space too, because it, it, it could be smaller, but... Because it's just one chip on, a, on the board, and it's the old style through-hole chip, right? So that takes up space as well. Hmm. Yeah, but... Hmm. Yeah, that's... They're tiny. <laughs> Magic. Yeah. Technology. Hmm. It's probably just all to do with marketing, like... You know, the smaller it is, the less significant. Yeah. I think that's how it was. The, you need to you're buying an appliance and yeah. if it was this tiny thing doesn't yeah. feel like you've got something significant yeah probably needed to be a similar size to like a VCR or something like that mm. otherwise it would have felt like yeah you're getting ripped off yeah <laughs> so you prize this thing open ready yeah. to accept whatever you're going to put in there yeah but don't have that yet so oh. I the other thing I worked on was to make the label Mm -hmm. To replace the you know the label the boxing label that didn't exist really, mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, you could have just you know scribbled that out and, re and wrote River Raid Tournament Edition on that same label. No, oh. I could, <laughs> you could, but you know, not as I cool. wasn't going to do that. Yeah, not as cool. So um, I basically you know in, what, a, in a paint program here. Yeah. Now that you <laughs> now you're going to mention this <laughs> when you're showing that picture of that cartridge you bought and it has that shitty sticker on it and, and boxing written in pen yeah. I kind of love that and and I love <laughs> what I are love you doing you're going to make him feel bad about <laughs> that was the whole problem that's why I bought the worst <laughs> thing I could find because I just love seeing these really old things from way back in the day that has the certain something that the person who owned it made it unique to the other things that were around like I bought a mm. a master system game I think it was Sonic 2 or something like that and I and I opened it up you know got it home from game traders opened it up opened up the manual and in the back of the manual this child had, had drawn a picture of Sonic or something like this a really shitty picture <laughs> it said something like Sega is the best or something <laughs> like this and and, you know, a lot of people would look at that and go, oh, they've ruined the bloody manual and I'll have to buy another one. But I just thought that's just awesome because mm. that's preserving someone's feelings from back in the day and it mm -hmm. makes that game sort of unique. Mm -hmm. So when I saw that picture, I just thought that's, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of special. But all, all <laughs> I, Okay, when I saw it, I thought the seller had just written boxing on it so he knew what mm. card it was. But mm. what about not, not because it was like some kid who had yeah. grown up with this game mm. and accidentally mm. did something to the label and yeah. had to, yeah. you know. What about when a Video Easy employee writes cartridge number 6825? <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about that? I do kind of like In liquid paper. Or whatever it is. Yeah, liquid paper. So you can't even <laughs> get it off with alcohol. 
<laughs> bloody there with a file, like trying to get it off. Yeah, I just yeah, I'm quite partial to to the patina mm. of games, which is sort of you know showing the age of something. Mm -hmm. And even on pinball machines, a lot of people will completely restore things and you know redo the playfield, clear code it, um, do new decals on the sides and all of that and the game looks incredible and it's really shiny but to me it just doesn't look like the original game and one of my favorite things about um brighter pinbot the pinball machine that i have in my arcade the the sides of the back box i think it's painted and you can and there's lots of bits missing but that just sort of shows the character and the adventures that the machine has gone mm. through through however many years and I just like that kind of stuff mm. whereas a lot of people don't which yeah. is fine mm. but yeah I was just trying to make you feel bad no. yeah. <laughs> yeah did it work? Uh, I'll get over it right okay. <laughs> so you're not going to end up with a boxing cartridge <laughs> with this boxing cartridge <laughs> <laughs> that's alright I think I've got boxing anyway Okay. Yeah, so it's not that good a game. No, it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although the sprites are hilarious. Yeah, it's really strange. Like mm. it's top down. It's top down, and and they <laughs> they just like with the arms out like this all yeah. the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like they're carrying two jugs of milk or something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and sort of like this big spiky nose that sticks out the front. Yeah. Yeah. Well, or how else would you know which way they were facing? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lucky they have big noses. <laughs> So anyway, continue. I'm sorry I interrupted. <laughs> so I've created the... I've done the label up in a paint program. So it's emulating, you know, looking like an Activision cartridge label. Mm -hmm. As close as I can get. Which I think is pretty good because I found out that the font that they use is called Futura. And oh. get the font and type in the things, it looks perfect. It looks mm -hmm. just like the cart. Mm -hmm. So... I just had to, you know, type out what I wanted, place them on the thing. So you actually did that from scratch? Yeah. I thought well, you just I, so I had a, a, someone else made a reproduction label, but mm -hmm. it wasn't high enough resolution. Right. And so I kind of had that, you know, you layer on top of it in your paint program. Mm -hmm. So I had that, that as the background layer to yeah. reference and mm -hmm. put my things over the top. Nice. Nice. So I have to figure out how to print that, you know, on a nice label, shiny. <laughs> so I think I've got to go to some... You know, one Main Patrol might be able to do that. Maybe. Main Patrol, I might be able to do that. Oh, really? Uh -huh. Oh. You have access to nice printer thingies. That's what we do. We print labels. I work for a company that <laughs> prints <laughs> labels. You may have said this. Don't you know what John does, <laughs> you insensitive bastard? <laughs> I didn't know either. <laughs> we really do a deal. It's not like I come home from work and go, oh, we printed this really cool label today. <laughs> Well, you can do that now. It's adrenaline. Label. <laughs> label, ga label gate can be finished by your product. Yeah, maybe. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, you'd probably have to laminate it to get it shiny. Ah, uh, but that's fine. Yeah. We can do that. It's easy. I mean, we, yeah, I'm prepared to spend money on it. So we've got a minimum quantity of a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> we can do it. So I've seen other cheapo label yeah. reproductions where yeah. the guy printed on a laser printer and yeah. then put masking, not masking yeah. tape, like the sell it, the clear tape over the top of it to make mm. it shiny. Yeah, no, we I can do it properly. We've got these, um, I probably 
we've got plotter cutters, so like, you know, when you have a sheet of labels and yeah. you peel them off, we've got those machines, so it mm. can cut exactly the right size, yeah. and um, it's all properly like digitally printed, and we can laminate over the top, so it'll look like the real thing. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We we may have to do a deal. <laughs> Seventy five dollars. Yeah, we'll, we'll maybe we'll just work out. We'll just have to work out maybe a night one time, and you can come in and we'll do the print and um, after work or something. I know exactly how to pay you. <laughs> I'm scared. What? I have a GameCube. Bullshit. Yeah. Ah, well, of course you have a GameCube. Yeah. You're not going to give that a GameCube away got a for a label. I've got a Wii. I mean, whatever. So you're on. You're on um, Mark Williams' side then. <laughs> it was, yeah, he was making the joke on the forum about because I was saying how I've got like a couple of GameCube games and I can't play them because I don't have a GameCube and I was looking at GameCubes but they they're not that cheap like I think the cheapest you'll get one is like seventy eighty dollars or more depending on it's funny actually because the controllers themselves are worth just as much as the console right. because you can mm. use the console the controllers on a Wii yeah. and on a Wii U I think I don't know if you can use them it's very with popular for the Super Smash Brothers yeah like it's it's pretty much like the GameCube controller is like the pro controller although I know you can get a pro controller for Switch but um, it's an awesome controller but yeah they're, they're annoyingly expensive particularly if the console has a controller and they usually have like the third party ones you can get third party ones reproduction ones now for like mm. 20 bucks or something mm. but uh yeah the real nintendo ones that go for like 50 dollars or something like that so it's really annoyingly expensive to buy and i've been keeping my eye out for a cheap one but it just pretty much doesn't happen um and then i mentioned this on the forum and mark williams was like you can just play the play the gamecube games on a wii and i was like and wii's are stupidly cheap because there's billions, billions of them yeah and they play GameCube games and you can plug GameCube controllers into them and I was like but I want to play it on like the real hardware <laughs> on the, the GameCube cool. and, and he's like typical collectors always trying to find <laughs> the most expensive way to do something <laughs> the GameCubes are awesome it's a it's yeah. an underrated platform I think absolutely and it's got some amazing games and the console itself mm. I just love I think it's one of the yeah. best looking consoles ever made my biggest regret in like stuff that I've gotten rid of is the GameCube. Mm. I had all these games because it was at a time when I first started working and I just had this like expendable income. Expendable? Um, It'll work. <laughs> and I used to go almost every week, every weekend, I'd go to EB and buy a GameCube game. Mm. And so I had a really good collection of games. I had like F-Zero... Um, I had um, Smash Brothers. Um, I used to love uh, Star Wars Rogue Leader yeah. Two. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, loved that game, and yeah, heaps of other games. Just and so long as you don't say Metroid Prime. I had Metroid Prime, and you didn't like it. I didn't finish it. Good. That's good enough. Oh. <laughs> Metroid Prime. I don't like Metroid Prime. Oh. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I think that it's not looked on that favourably. No, I think it's completely the opposite. Really? It's very popular. 
Mm. Um, it's highly regarded and there's a few people out there like myself who just don't like it at all because I, I much prefer the 2D Metroid games. But you always said though too, I think from memory, that you didn't, even the Metroid style, you didn't like that much. The whole idea of going through the same areas and unlocking tools that would allow you to get no, into new areas. So. No? no? Okay. It's a problem I have. Like, I, I didn't appreciate the backtracking. Yeah. Yeah, right. So maybe... Respawning things, like, uh, I didn't like that that much. I actually really like Metroidvania-style games. Yeah. Maybe I was confusing it with the Symphony of the Night. I remember you said that you didn't like the stuff they added to that mm. game. Well, I think... I might have said that in the context of that changed what Castlevania was, okay. which was a very traditional 2D platformer. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then Symphony of the Night came out and it was, yeah, turned it into basically an RPG. Right. Um, and I wasn't a particular fan of that. Okay. I'm a big fan of classic Castlevania. Yeah. I'm really, I really want to play some Castlevania, but both Castlevania 4 and Symphony of the Night are just stupidly expensive mm. right now. Mm. Um, I'd love to play through Symphony of the Night, but unless I play on it on an emulator, it's just not going to happen. Mm. And even, I don't know if I, I don't want to play it on an emulator. Yeah. I just... I'm less uh, critical of Symphony of the Night um, now than what I was before. Because mm. I think now, watching things like Games Done Quick and stuff like that, I kind yeah. of appreciate what that game is, mm. whereas before I just saw it as a, a game that made the games that I love something else. Mm. Um, so yeah, over time I, th I think I've kind of warmed to it. Mm. I wouldn't mind playing it again myself, actually. That's understandable. I think I view some of the Alex Kidd games in a similar vein where, like I always obviously had the one that was built into the Master System too, yeah. um, and then other Alex Kidd games are really different, mm. and it's kind of... I know people love them, but because it's different, it just feels wrong to mm. me. Mm. Yeah. What were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> the bribing you to make my label. Oh yeah. Oh, that's what I was if going to say. Was your game me a GameCube? Boxed? I'll do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll make. Yeah. I'll make. This is oh the my deal. god! This wow. is the deal, right? Oh, wait, I got to fill no, the no, Atari. This is the deal. Husker. What do we call it? This is the deal. <laughs> you give John your GameCube. Huh. You give me the box. And then everyone's happy. What? Is it in a box? Yeah. Holy sh shit. And <laughs> I just want actually, the box. I'll tell you, the box is in really good condition because I have the slip over the top of it because I got the Zelda. Oh my bundle. god. Oh, I remember because we forced yeah, you to you've buy You've made that. me buy that. Yeah, you could probably you. sell that for like 200 bucks. <laughs> you keep bucks. pressuring me into yeah. buying that. I kind of wanted it. That was really it. bad, wasn't it? We bullied <laughs> you into buying that machine. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> we. Didn't it get to a point where we just said we're not leaving the store until you buy it or something like that? <laughs> Maybe. That was really nasty. But pretty funny. And the salesman's there is like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> These guys are doing my job for me. <laughs> but we can't have a controller. What? Because I need that to play on oh, the Wii. I've got all my games still. Yeah, no, that's all right. I've got some spare controllers. I'll, I'll swap you a controller for the box. Oh, yeah, whatever. Uh, whatever you... <laughs> if you're going to give me something... That's, I'll take whatever you, I mean, that's very generous, thank you. Because I did have a box for my GameCube, but I can't remember what happened. I stored something in it 
besides the GameCube and then mm -hmm. in, while it was in storage it just got destroyed. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I only need the box. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean I'm, I'm not at a stage yet where I'm too worried about having a box anyway because mm. I actually just want to play the console. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's probably better off with you anyway. But uh, I'd love to play the console. <laughs> Why are you giving away a GameCube again? I got How a Wii. Happen? He's practical. He's one of those yeah, practical oh, people. Right. Do I need those practical? <laughs> yeah. And also, my Wii has the component cables. I don't have that for the GameCube, so. Oh, right. Look way better when I play on that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to buy some component cables. <laughs> Actually, I'm just going to buy S Video, which I know is not as good, but it's close. Yeah. Anyway. We should move on, yep, because um, we are quickly closing in on time. Um, so we'll have to keep it brief. John, do you want to go next? I've got four things written on my hand. <laughs> I was wondering why you've got stuff written on your hand. I'm going to do two of those four. I was a bit. I didn't want to bring it up that you've got stuff written on your hand because you know how some people they write stuff on their hand and it's just kind of awkward. Oh. <laughs> so I didn't want to bring it up, but <laughs> it's gaming related. I just so wrote okay. it on my hand as a way of remembering. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So looking I, at your hand, I um, had to go to uni last week to Armadale for uni because I'm a student of the University of New England, and I had to go Remind there. Remind me where Armadale is. New England. Remind me where New England is. <laughs> I'm it's geographically challenged. Yeah, no, that's fine. I wouldn't know either. I'm also really bad with geography. Um, some people are just naturally good at it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we're the same in that. <laughs> we're not. But, um, yes, New England is... Uh, okay, because I'm geographically challenged as well, I'm probably not going to describe this very well, but mm -hmm. it's about five and a half hours away from Sydney. Um, you have to drive... South. No, you drive up the coast and then in. So um, you right. go like up some mountains and it's like at the top of the mountains, which means it's nice and cool, especially in the last week of summer, which was perfect because hmm. it was really nice hmm. weather there, except for Tuesday when it rained. But apart from that, it was really good. Hmm. Um, so I went there and that gave me lots of podcast listening time. And after you recommended station last week to listen to arcade attack with the oh, Al yeah. Nelson yep. interview I did and that was really really as you said very interesting yeah I thought that um, was great I found that the people that they interview you know you read the podcast mm. information before you listen to it and it doesn't sound that very interesting because they're people in the industry that I don't know for whatever reason for me personally I don't think it'd, it'd be something that I'd connect with yep. but then I listened to it and it's just absolutely fascinating yeah. because they have this real deep knowledge of what mm. was going on yeah. in gaming around the times that they were in it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I took a lot out of those. Yeah, those yeah. Podcasts. And on the way here, I was listening to the the newest one, which was I forget the guy's name. You probably know it. The guy, the composer. Yeah. Who's done music for heaps of stuff. Um, that was yeah. So far, very interesting. I'll finish yeah, it on I'll the way. Yeah, to all about it as well. <laughs> I think, I guess you have to give it to that, the guy who's doing the interview too, I think he asked some really good questions. Mm. Um, but one thing that's really funny that I noticed was, 
just the way he speaks, because obviously he's English, and <laughs> he keeps saying, fair play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair yeah, play to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> After like, every question. What does that mean? <laughs> 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 I g it's like saying fair enough, I guess. Yeah. You know. <laughs> fair play. Everyone's got to have their catch <laughs> thing, you know, yeah. like we're back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, Alan Nilsson was very interesting. Mm. And yeah, one of the things though that, I mean, I'm not going to talk about what he talked about because you can listen to that podcast yeah. to, to listen to the interview. And I'd absolutely recommend people do it because mm. it's fantastic. Yeah. But there was a couple of things. I mean, first, it's kind of funny because you're getting the perspective from him, Al Nilsson, who was the head of marketing at Sega, like in that golden age. And he talks about how I think one thing was though that the interviewer is really taking his word for everything and I mean you you can only do that um, but he says like oh yes I picked Sonic um, up as opposed to this egg character and you know mm -hmm. he's talking like as if he was the one that chose Sonic and mm. you know made Sonic what he is but then he's also talking about how they had that other guy who was the guy who like came up with He-Man and all that this character guy yeah you know um and then they don't really go into that side of things and al seems to take a lot of the credit for sonic mm. when really he was probably just a guy in the room who just added to a group of opinions about oh, it's interesting you say that I, I didn't take it that literally mm. um from what i took from that interview or that answering of the question it felt like to me that he was just another cog in the mm. machine that mm. sort of steered towards that path rather yeah. than him saying he's the one that did it all. Mm. But maybe that's, I don't know, maybe I got it wrong, maybe mm. you got it wrong. Ah, it doesn't really matter. I mean, obviously, mm. the, the, what happened was that he was just one person that was there. But yeah, mm. um, it was kind of funny. But yeah, then, then the other thing that I found really interesting was he started talking about Moonwalker um, the Michael Jackson game and how he had to basically be like a communication between Michael Jackson and the developers who were Japanese hmm. um, and how he got to spend heaps of time with Michael Jackson developing this game and, and how much Michael Jackson was involved in the development of that game which makes a lot of sense because we know like he was Michael Jackson liked video games and pinball and stuff and um, yeah really interesting story but it made me realize a lot of things about why that game is the way that it is and s some people talk about how it's a really bad game and coincidentally I've actually been playing it a lot so hmm. it is one of the games I've been playing um, because I bought a really nice copy of it from Games Traders a while ago and then you lent me that Mega Drive so the first game I put in was the Michael Jackson game Hmm. and I've got some really great memories of it from childhood and also I tested that at games Mega Drive with that game which worked out really well because the song the music is so recognizable that you can tell straight away when the emulation is not a hundred percent because it just sounds like rubbish like it's hmm. all discordant and stuff but um yeah so I've been playing that game and it was really interesting to listen to Al talk about Michael Jackson's involvement and when you play the game you can understand why people don't like it because the mechanics are not that great like mm. it's a basic platformer and he throws like this magic dust that blows away the enemies 
Um, and when you use the special move, it like drains your life energy. So you've got this life energy, right? The character, Michael Jackson. And he's almost like this magical character. And I think that this is where his involvement really influences the game because he was at that time really trying to make this like magical persona for the character. And if you've seen the Moonwalker movie, you'll know like, I don't know, have you guys seen it? No, I don't think so. Yeah, it's, it is so bonkers and weird. Mm -hmm. um, so he does a lot of things like disappearing and he turns into a car. I remember that. And I've he, seen scenes of that. I think in the end he turns into like this spaceship or something from memory. But he, then there's other bits where he turns into like a rabbit and does all this really magical kind of stuff. And the game was like an extension of that where the whole idea of throwing dust was taken from the Smooth Criminal um, video clip where he actually crushes like a cue ball and then blows it into this guy's face as a way of like getting him out of his face. Mm. And there's a lot of, in that video clip, there's, he doesn't, he does hit people like fighting, but there's not much of it. And he mostly overcomes people with dance moves. Yeah. <laughs> and the game is the same. So mm. it's all about like his like signature movements and how he uses those to overcome the enemies. Mm. And I think that's what he was going for. Like Michael Jackson himself had yeah. that influence on the game. Mm. Unfortunately, Michael Jackson is not a game designer and you can see where things fell down because he didn't have like the mechanics of the overall game in mind in terms of making a fun game. Mm -hmm. He was trying to make something that looked really nice and sounded really nice and had all of his signature moves and represented that magical persona that he was trying to portray as well as like the whole thing with the kids like because the whole game is rescuing kids. But then you've got other mechanics like draining your own life. And then the other thing about draining your life energy is that the less energy you have, the less effective your attacks are. So when you attack, you throw like your magical dust and it sprays out across the, the room and it goes quite far. And if it touches the enemy, they'll fly away. Um, but if you lose like more than half of your life energy, the distance that the magic dust flies gets smaller, and so it gets harder. And if you get really low, then you're only punching. But <laughs> it's like the the Michael Jackson moves that he does yeah. where he's like clicking, but he's like throwing his fist out. Hmm. Um, yeah. And um, that makes the game a lot harder. So it's like the more, the more danger you're in because you have less life, the less effective the you are, yeah. which I think is like, not a good mechanic like yeah. it's not it's a well-designed game yeah. so it's when you get to that real nitty-gritty stuff that the game becomes less fun <laughs> but um in terms of it's i guess it's more of an experience-y kind of game like when i was a kid especially that first bit where he comes in and it's recreating the smooth criminal video clip where he walks in the door and throws the coin and it goes into the jukebox and they recreate it in the game and it's not the same, but it feels the same, and it's mm. really, really cool. And I almost that's almost burned into my brain more than the video clip itself. Like, when I watched mm. the video clip the other day, 
the noise that of the coin hitting the jukebox, it makes this like ding ding kind of noise. And I expected to hear that in the video clip, but it's not in the video clip. It just like it, it sounds like when a coin goes into a slot, which is just like this little slotty kind of noise. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and I was almost like, oh, that's from the game. Like, and I had this realization where I was like, I think I'm more in tune with the game than this video clip. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, I, that's why I really love the game, but yeah, realizing that it's more of that experience and now having listened to Alan Nilsson talk about designing the game with Michael Jackson, I understand why it's like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And then listening to the interview with that composer today talking about how they did um, sound clips in games like this, I realized that there's lots of sound clips in that Michael Jackson game, all his call-outs that he does. So that must have taken up so much space on the cartridge. Mm. I think they sacrificed like gameplay mechanics to make it look nice and sound really good and th I think they did that because that's what Michael Jackson wanted yeah. um, which I think is really cool that he was involved so much because it would have been a different game if he wasn't hmm. yeah so yeah I've been playing that um, and the other thing I wanted to talk about because I'm trying to be brief I'm gonna go to this <laughs> straight away I convinced myself, so we talked about in, I think, the first episode, how we all, except for Mark owning a PS4, we don't have current-gen consoles, and both Matt and myself said, we think that's because there's not really any games that excite us enough to warrant buying a console. Mm -hmm. Well, I went away, and I thought, I've got to look up, you know, what games are out there. There must be good games. I mean... So many people, everyone I have has a PS4. The 18-year-old girl that sits next to me at work <laughs> has a PS4. So <laughs> there must be something fun out there. Mm. And um, so I looked it up and I found out Horizon Zero Dawn is one game that I would buy a PS4, I think. If I was going to do it, that's the game I would do it for because that looks amazing. Mm. Um, but it's still not quite enough. So... Um, I, I posted this on the forum too, but basically I wrote this forum post where I convinced myself that actually a Switch is the right thing to do. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I made this post. I actually, as I was doing my research, I found this YouTube clip of a channel that I watch called Metal Jesus Rocks, yeah. which this guy is, he's, he's pretty awesome. Um, he's so cheesy. Um, did I talk about this before? I don't know, but I've watched the channel. I yeah. I think yeah. you might have, but I'm also familiar with the channel. Okay. Um, so he had a video that was like, um, you know, what... what uh, it's kind of funny because it's almost like perfectly worded the, for me. You know, modern games that don't suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or current-gen games you that don't so suck. You sound so old right Something now. like that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I only say that because you've said that yeah, to me yeah. before. <laughs> um, hoisted by my own patata. Um, so I'm like, all right, cool. He's done all the work for me, so I'll watch the video. So these are all the games that they talked about in this video. So The Witcher 3. Um, yeah. So I was basically looking at all of these games and considering whether they were exclusive titles or not. Because if it's not an exclusive title, you don't need to buy the console for it. I thought Witcher 3 was on so PC. Witcher 3 is also on PC. Yeah. So I'd play it on PC. 
and the reason I haven't is because my PC sucks. So mm. that's why. So I'd need to buy a PC for that anyway, but that's kind of a flaw in my logic there. So the next one's Horizon Zero Dawn. So that is a um, PS4 exclusive. The other thing I was considering was the amount of time it would take to play, because that was one of the reasons that we said that was stopping us from spending money on the console was that it would take so long. Like, all the modern games are really long players. Mm. So I was looking at how long, apparently Horizon Zero Dawn you can spend between 40 to 80 hours on. So that's probably one of the reasons that's holding me back on that too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I, if I did, that's probably the game I'd buy. The next one they talk about is Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, apparently this game is one that you can spend, you kind of can choose how much time you spend in it because the main quest line can be completed quite quickly but there's mm -hmm. lots of optional stuff yep. that you can do. Yep. Um, so that's something that I would probably like to play and get into. It's meant to be very, very good. Mm. There's a game called, there's a Wolfenstein game, The New Order, which I thought maybe you would like to get on I PS4. Oh, you do have it. Yeah. You played it? I haven't played it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's still in the shrink wrap. It's on PC as well. Um, apparently it takes roughly 10 hours to play through. So that's not right. too long. Mm. But again, I'm, I'm just so uninterested in first person shooters. Maybe you just need to play one again and just see how you go with it. Hmm. Maybe. Why, why do you have it if you're not interested? Uh, it came free with my Xbox, Xbox oh. One X that I bought. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm. So. The other thing I should mention about this list is like these guys are saying these games don't suck. So we're assuming that all of these games are actually good games. Oh, yeah. I, I know for a fact that Wolfenstein game is a great game because I've right. listened to. I still listen to a lot of podcasts that talk about modern gaming, and that's one that's meant to be quite good. Mm -hmm. It's just, again, it's the whole first-person shooter thing that just, I don't know, just doesn't, doesn't grab me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Dragon Age Inquisition is the next one, and I've that looks that really good, but... I haven't played it yet. <laughs> it's a game you need... I want to play that. Heaps of time. Yeah, that's the barrier of entry for me, because I absolutely love Dragon Age Orange, oh, Oranges. <laughs> I always call it oranges just as a joke, and now I try to say the name normally, and I say the joke name. Origins. Mm -hmm. I love that game. One of my favourite games of all time. And Inquisition is meant to be quite good, mm -hmm. like really good. Um, but f I just I think about how much time I'm going to have to mm -hmm. spend to play that game, and I just I just can't. Yeah. I just can't. Yeah. Maybe one day I will. Yep. And I think we had this conversation on the forum and I said, I think about the time that it takes just to load the game, make a character, make watch a character. all the start videos yep. Yep. and just get into the game. Yep. Like by the time you're actually playing, you've already been there for like 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that even just that thought just turns me off. Mm. I could have played Michael Jackson Moonwalker like <laughs> four times already until, yeah, anyway. Uh, <laughs> um... So they talked about Trials Fusion saying how it was a really fun game, which is, I have this like really weird thing about Trials Fusion because of the game that it's based off, which I used to play, and I can't remember what it's called, and maybe you guys can oh. help me out on this. Trials? Yeah. It's called, I mean, in, in a game that's not in the Trials series. There was, 
So the, the, the whole mechanics of trials is taken from this really old game that was like 486 day back in those days. There was, um, I can't remember what it's called. There's, there's lots of games like that. Um, not like Stunt Racer or Stunts? No, it's driving. It had a weird so. name. Anyway. Okay. So the next two is Until Dawn and Life is Strange. And kind of put them together because they're sort of similar in terms of the style of game that it is. Okay. Um, I wouldn't buy a game for those because uh, console because I've watched them played through both on YouTube. <laughs> which is you already know what happens. Yeah, I've already watched them. <laughs> they were good. I played Life is Strange, the first one first episode or whatever yeah. because it was free at some point yeah 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 i think until dawn was m much better than life is strange but yeah. it's like an old slasher movie i don't know if you've seen it mark you might like it it's until dawn is kind of like a friday the 13th kind of style slasher and it plays on all the tropes anyway it's it's fun um no, I haven't. so the next one they talked about is mario kart 8 and they talked about how much fun it was. And at first I thought, I don't know if I'd have fun playing that on my own, but then watching some footage of the gameplay, I was like, actually, no, I think I would enjoy playing that on my own. Like remembering the old Mario Karts, and I don't know if I'd enjoy playing Mario Kart 64 now on my own, but a new one I think I would enjoy. Um, they mentioned another game called Velocity, which is like a shooter, which I'm not really interested in and then HD remakes which again like one of them's Resident Evil 4 I mm. mean I, I think I want to get the GameCube and play it on that yeah <laughs> um, even though it's not HD I don't know I just I like the just the feel of playing it on the original I had that game and I played it on GameCube mm. so but I got to play through um I've got Resident Evil Code Veronica on Dreamcast, so I gotta play that first. Mm. So I'm almost like barring myself from buying the next one until I play this one. And if I don't play it, then I can't have the next one. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I punish myself. So yeah, that's the list of games that these guys talked about. And then on top of that, um, Mr. Oz Retro Gamer is talking about, often talks about how much he loves the Switch. And I was talking to him about it and he was saying how he just loves how it makes him feel the same way he did with the, like the original NES and the games are just fun and the another game I love which I played on Wii U is Splatoon and there's Splatoon 2 on Switch which I'd love to get so mm. I realized I want Breath of the Wild, Mario Kart and Splatoon and then I realized that maybe I want to switch mm. <laughs> so that's my whole um, process where I talked myself into realising or wanting a Switch. Yeah, no, I think that's fair enough. There's yeah. definitely some great games there. Mm. Apparently, um, Mario Odyssey is meant to be mm -hmm. amazing as well. Mm -hmm. um, but I think uh, it, if you're partial to Nintendo games already, those games are going to be amazing. If you're not so partial to mm. them already, then maybe mm. not. I think... Because um, I, I, I just find yeah. when a new Nintendo console comes out, everyone goes batshit mm. crazy for the new Nintendo games, mm. Mario, Zelda, mm. whatever. And I'm not saying that's not unwarranted, mm. but th there's like this just massive hype mm. cycle yeah. going on and everyone gets caught up in mm. it. I've been caught up in it, in it many times. Mm. 
Um, so I think that is the right decision for you mm. if you know you actually like those games. Yeah. Um, because if you're not if you're not already one of those people that love those Nintendo franchises, mm. what will often happen with a Nintendo platform, and I'm going to get all sorts mm. of shit for saying this, <laughs> is that they have their most amazing first-party games yeah. on Nintendo platforms. Mm. The third-party stuff, not so much. Yeah. And I think maybe that's not as much the case with the Switch. I've, mm -hmm. I think there are a lot of games for it, mm -hmm. but it's still got that stigma. And yeah. It's not big powerful mm. console like the other yeah. ones are so. mm. yeah I think um, yeah I mean I, I guess I wouldn't say that I'm someone who just loves Nintendo games like I always grew up with Sega like as we've talked about in the past but mm. I do did love um, Ocarina of Time Zelda mm -hmm. Ocarina of Time and yeah really enjoyed playing that game have you played uh, Wind Waker? I that's another game I had on GameCube, which unfortunately now didn't give the time to it that right. I, I probably should have. And I think that was because again, like at that time, I was buying a new game every week, and um, mm -hmm. and also I think it was quite jarring to go from Ocarina of Time to Wind Waker yeah. because they were so <coughs> different. Yep. Um, I preferred the th normal 3D graphics that Ocarina of Time had mm -hmm. at the time. Now. I would enjoy those graphics. And also, one of the things that I I think I really liked at that time too was going from like the kid Link to the old Link, mm. or the older version of Link, mm -hmm. which Wind Waker didn't really have, and that was another reason that, that was another thing that slowed me down from playing that some more. Mm. But I know, or I've heard that it's a really good game, and it's I'd like to game. go and play that properly. It's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. It, it drags on though. Yeah. Uh, I love the game, but I've never finished it simply okay. because the whole what is it, the Triforce? Um, yeah, you got a fish fetch quest crap, at the yeah, end. Yeah. yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> and they did, as far as I recall, remove that or change it in the HD yeah, version oh, re-release because they recognised that no oh. one liked that. HD um, re-release on Wii, Wii U, Wii U. Oh, so okay. that probably Switch as well, I yeah. imagine. Yeah. But probably. other than that last little bit. That is an amazing game. Maybe I won't get it on GameCube then. <laughs> I mean, no. I I played through it. I mean, oh, you yeah. did finish it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. I think there's a pack. Then I may, I may well, we forced you to buy the console, so you had to. Had <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's the reason I bought it anyway. Yeah. yeah. I've seen oh. this um, double pack around with Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask on GameCube that seems to be not too expensive on GameCube. Yeah, like I that was there was some funny thing about that. Where uh, I don't know, you could buy it outright. There was some way, funny way, you had to get it. Oh, oh um, my biggest it regret on this is walking through a Target one day and seeing it on the shelf and going, "Wait, why do they have this? They're not supposed to." Yeah, I didn't buy it. Oh. Mm. And went back like a few days later, it was gone. Why did I do that? Mm. No, so no, it was Majora's Mask. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because the the. You could get the, at least the one I have, the Wind Waker bundle has Ocarina of Time mm. Master Quest mm. on the other disc. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but not Majora's Mask. Mm. That was a different thing. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so there's, well, aside from Zelda anyway, in terms of the Switch, I mean, I, I think that 
with Mario Kart, it would be a really fun game just to play with people who don't normally play games. And then the other game, Splatoon, one of the best days I've had gaming was with my friend Louis. I went to his house, he had a Wii U, and I'd never played one before. And he only had one controller because of the stupid Wii U controller. Um, but he was really into Splatoon and he was playing it online. And there was no, not many Australians, so you're playing against all these Japanese people. And we were drinking beer and playing Splatoon and just taking turns, like playing a match each online. Mm. And it was so much fun. Like, it was just a really fun day. Mm. <laughs> That's another game that I own and I've never played. Ridiculous. <laughs> I'm going to get a reputation of owning <laughs> games and not playing them. Well, you're a collector. Correct. And also, <laughs> when you buy a console, often these games are given mm. as freebies and, you know, I just never get to them. Yeah. I'll swap a GameCube bo box for a Wii U <laughs> and Splatoon. <But> we've already, <laughs> we've done, already negotiated. Yeah. Oh. I don't know. Oops. <laughs> nah, it's all right. All right. Hmm. Do you want to talk about some stuff? Yes. I won't talk about all the stuff that I had on my list because I've actually got quite a bit. It's been a <laughs> That's busy. Right. I remember <laughs> you said that before. Yeah, and we're already way over time. Um, so sort of related to what we were talking about in regards to first-person shooters and mm -hmm. modern games, I tried to play some modern games last wow. weekend. Um, so we both went down a similar path of exploring modern games, going, hang on a second, the gaming industry couldn't be that shit. <laughs> Surely there's something good. Well, hold that thought. Okay. Um, so I watch a lot of Games Done Quick, and Games Done Quick is a, it's a charity event, it runs twice a year, um, there's Summer Games Done Quick and Awesome Games Done Quick, mm -hmm. it's on Twitch, runs for 7 days, 24 hours, all these people come in, um, and they have a schedule of games, and they come in and they speed run these games and completely break them, and mm -hmm. you know, do really amazing stupid things yep. um, and so yeah sort of my routine for god knows how long now has been that I come home from work dinner is made I eat dinner and I watch a game song quickly just magically know. like that yeah just wow. magically yeah that's awesome yeah um, <laughs> I watch a game song quick video and then I go to bed I get up and do it again so anyway one of these games I came across um, was Halo 5 and I was watching Halo 5 and you know they're doing all sorts of stupid things like going out of bounds and mm. skipping over um, you know three quarters of a level and jumping into the end mm -hmm. and so on and so forth but I was just watching this video and thinking you know this game looks really cool mm -hmm. I I was never really into the Halo series I played a lot of Halo 3 not mm -hmm. online but um, I think you and me Matt yeah. and Maybe Plock as yeah, well. Yeah, we played it. Yeah, we played through all of the multiplayer stuff on Legendary and did all that kind of stuff and really enjoyed Halo 3 but never had any compulsion to play any others. Uh -huh. <coughs> um, so yeah, just watching this video, just thinking, you know, that looks kind of fun. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't mind giving that a go. So I went out and uh, I bought Halo 5 and while I was there I saw Resident Evil 7 and I thought, I've wanted mm -hmm. to play that for a while, so mm -hmm. I'll grab that as well. Mm 
So I grabbed both of those. Um, so this, on Friday night, I popped in Resident Evil 7 knowing that, okay, it needs to download all its mm -hmm. patches and there was a system patch as well. Mm -hmm. So sort of preemptively knowing that, I popped that in and thought, okay, get that all done. While I was doing that, I went off and into the arcade, played some pinball and stuff like it's that. It's almost like having to load a game on tape. It's like we're going back to the old days. Yes, it almost is, and <laughs> in some ways, much worse. <laughs> um, so I let that update. By the time that was done, and I'd finished playing some a few games, I was kind of too tired. Mm -hmm. um, there's also some issues in my arcade at the moment where my pinball machine prior to Pinbot is down because it's it's constantly rebooting. Mm -hmm. This hap happens every couple of months. I know what it is. It's a loose connection, and I fix it up, and it works again for a couple of months, and that's fine. The other thing is um, my dedicated Mortal Kombat cabinet, which has ghouls and ghosts in it. Um, the monitor's starting to go, mm -hmm. so I've got that turned off. So I've got a hankering to play some ghouls and ghosts at the moment because that's probably <laughs> my most played game in my arcade. Yeah. And, um, and then thinking about that thinking, I'd like to play my favourite in the series, which is Ultimate Ghosts and Goblins, mm -hmm. which is a game on the PSP. Yeah. Um, and I thought, well, what's the best way to play that? Probably on the Vita. Mm -hmm. I don't have a Vita. So I looked online, went on to eBay. Vitas are pretty expensive. And I thought, uh... And then I looked over to my game shelf, and there's my PSP, and I thought, I could always just turn that on and see what works. Mm. So... I plugged it into the charger, let it charge up, it turned on, that's all good. Mm -hmm. But by this stage I was tired and I went to bed. Saturday rolls around. Um, so what was, what was Saturday, I'm just thinking now. Oh yeah, Saturday I decided I wanted to play Halo 5. Mm -hmm. So I turned on the Xbox One X, chucked in the Halo 5 disc and I said, okay, installing. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's fine. We'll, we'll let it install. This will take a while. Um, while it was installing, I loaded up, or I tried to play Forza Horizon 3, mm -hmm. but it said it needs the disc to play it, even though I installed it before, and I thought, well, that's kind of annoying, but whatever. Mm -hmm. Then I tried to play Dead Rising 4, and it said, no, you need the disc in the drive. I mm -hmm. said, well, okay, I won't play that then. Um, so then I went back to some downloadable games, and Geometry Wars was one. Mm -hmm. Everyone knows Geometry Wars, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not a game that I'm very good at. Mm -hmm. It's one of those games that I like, but I suck at. Mm -hmm. So it gets me really frustrated. <laughs> so I only played one game of that. <laughs> but then I, um, I loaded up um, Space Giraffe. And this is a, it's a psychedelic twin-stick shooter. Okay. Um, by a, ga a guy called Jeff Minter. He creates a lot of sort of retro-styled games, but sort of twisted to be more interesting, and again, sort of psychedelic visuals and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, so I decided to play that, and I wasn't expecting to really have a long game, but I got into it, started to remember what I really loved about it. It's sort of like Tempest, do people know Tempest? Um, you got a grid and alien alien things are coming at you mm -hmm. and you, you sort of twin stick shoot them and okay. stuff like that and 
try and survive on this grid, and then once you've killed them all, you go to the next grid, and the next one, and the next one, and the next Where one. Where does the giraffe come in? The giraffe is your character that you play. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really look like a is giraffe. Is he shooting a laser gun, or...? It's two, it's like a twin shot, and they're both coming out of both hooves. <laughs> so one stick, you're moving the giraffe left and right. Yep. The other stick, you're aiming your hooves. Okay. And shooting the enemies coming at you. Right. Okay, in general, Jeff Minter games, don't try to understand. No, you, you just take crazy. it in. Batshit <laughs> <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and this game also copped a lot of flack because there are levels where you can't actually see what's going on because mm -hmm. the, the visual stimuli that's coming at you is so over the top, mm -hmm. you can't see what's happening. But what's, what's kind of good about that is that you train yourself not to rely on what you're seeing but also what you're hearing. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of audio cues on what's going on. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I played that for quite a long time, got up to level 85 or something like that out of 100. Jeez. And I hadn't played this in over 10 years. So um, I was hoping to get to level 100, but it's actually really hard. Okay. Really hard to do. Anyway, so I finished that, exited out of the game and looked, and um, Halo 5 was at 80%. This was about four hours later. <laughs> and uh, so I just thought, okay, all right. Um, went off and did something else. Can't remember what that was. Came back, Halo 5 was ready, but by that time I was too tired. Mm -hmm. Went to bed. <laughs> um, then Sunday rolled around, and then I thought, okay, my PSP is sitting there. I'd like to play Ultimate Ghosts and Goblins. So I got that out, and I just played that instead. And so Halo 5 and Resident Evil 7 just never got to. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I don't know, isn't that a problem? Maybe that's why games that's need to be like, you know, 100 hours because <laughs> you have to have like a relative install time to play time. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. But I just think as a, as a creator, if someone came up to me and said, I'd really love to play your game but I sat down to play it and it took five hours before I could play it and I went off and did something else. Mm. Wouldn't that make you really sad? I don't know. I just What is taking that long? I don't understand why it takes that long. I'm assuming for Halo 5, um, it wasn't taking anything off the disk. I think it looked on whatever database server mm. and said, okay, there's maybe three, five, ten patches worth of stuff just download the whole game, which oh. probably, what, 50 gigs? Maybe. Something mm. like that. Wow. So, if you'll drop. So I, I imagine it's just downloading the entire thing. What's your internet like at home? I'm on the NBN. Okay. Which doesn't really say much. It's pretty <laughs> shit. Um, but yeah, it's pretty good. Okay. See, if, I, if that was me, if I had an Xbox and had decided to do that, I am on the crappiest ADSL2 connection. Mm. I get basically 200k speed, mm. um, so like a quarter of a meg download, which NBN's maximum 100 megabytes. Mm. ADSL2 is meant to be 25 meg, um, and I'm getting a quarter of a meg, which I should probably actually call my ISP and be like, there's something yeah, wrong, the you guys need to fix on. this up. <laughs> but I'm too lazy, and so I haven't done it. Hmm. But if that happened to me, and my Xbox decided to download that, 
I'd probably be waiting like a week for it to finish. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I don't know how fast, but 50 gigs, yeah, that would take ages to download. And this yeah. is pretty much the reason I haven't played Fortnite anymore because I have to download like a five gig update or something. Mm. And it's just gonna, it's, it'll take probably more than overnight to download that. Mm. Um, mm. So, yeah. I, I, think it, I, I really think it's a problem. I think it's a problem mm. with modern games. Yeah. When you can't just buy a game and pop it in and play yeah. it. And maybe maybe you can. Maybe you can, you know, pull out the internet connection and pop mm. the disc in and just play it yeah. as it is. But yeah. so is it actually a hardware limitation that it needs to be installed? Like I wonder if can it run off the disc? Could it possibly run off the disc? Or is that actually a hardware limitation? I don't know. There's going to be the, the trade-off of where they ship the game that's not fully complete, mm. which I don't know maybe happens or maybe not. But people talk about it, mm. right? But but once once on your console, once you've logged into the the network and you put the disc in, it knows there's patches, yeah. and it's not, it not going to let you play without them. Won't let you play it until you download the patches. What if you never log into the network and you just buy an Xbox and a Halo and you put the disc in? It has to be complete because you couldn't play it then. Mm. And that's what I'm saying. So Maybe you can just pull out the network cable and pop in the disc and play it. Uh, okay, so I could be corrected here, but I get the feeling that on a lot of 360 games, they would have a requirement, an Xbox Live or internet connection, as a requirement for the game. Really? Hmm. So, geez, that's another reason for me not to buy one of those consoles. Because that's a problem for me. Mm. Wow. Yeah, not only that, but... Um, the consoles themselves, so my brother bought his kids a, it was an Xbox One, mm. for Christmas, and they, the kids didn't get to play it on <laughs> Christmas Day. They pulled it open and set it up, and you know, it probably takes 40 minutes to set the damn thing up. Turn it on, starts downloading updates, and downloading mm. updates, and downloading updates. They couldn't play it for two days. Mm. So, yeah. Jeez. I think that's I think that's a problem. Yeah, I think that's a real big problem. I mean, it, so if you had played PC games, you know, since forever, you generally never play the game off the media. You do do an install every time. Mm. Yeah, but they I it doesn't take that five long. Hours. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, like WoW was probably the longest install I had to sit through. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But and then I mean, you know, when it was first released, there were server queues. So you Start the game and I mean then wait for an hour. It's kind of a different problem, but yeah, the, I mean, multi-disc installs mm. the longest. But yeah, you're not never took that y long. Yeah, and even the Commodore 64, you'd pop in a tape and you'd play it. I mean, you'd you'd load it and it'd take maybe half an hour, and mm. then you play it. But to be fair, there were games that I didn't play on the Commodore 64 because they were multi-loads. Yeah, so you'd finally get to the title screen, press the fire button, then it would load the first level, which would yeah. take five minutes. Yeah. And then when you die on the first level, so you have to rewind the tape to go back to the title screen. Oh, really? Press the fire button yeah. to load up to the first level again. Oh. So there was lots of games that I didn't play because oh. they were just shit like that. Oh, there's one horrible championship <laughs> wrestling. There's one wrestling game. Oh, like that. I used to play that. Yeah. The worst thing about it is go through <laughs> this really long load and it doesn't stop. Like, mm. once it finishes the load, the game starts. If you weren't looking at the screen, you just oh, get pinned yeah, immediately. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> you've got to go back. And then you're going to load it all again. Yeah. Jesus. 
but I even think that what's happening with modern games now is worse than back then mm. because waiting two days to be able to play a console you just bought yeah. mm. I don't know I think that's bad it kind of I think that's what one of the advantages of consoles you know up until now is that it was always so easy in terms of plug and play like you basically you buy it you take it home you plug it into your TV and it comes with the controller you don't need anything else you just plug it in yeah. and you put the game in and even like you know like with the master system you didn't even need a game you just turned it on and mm. there was a game mm. um, and um, and you just play it and that was what that was kind of what they did because you could play a computer game a PC game or whatever but that was the other side of the spectrum where you need to have some knowledge of how to load it and all that sort of stuff. Mm. And so the whole idea, I think, with the console to begin with was to make it easy for normal people, you know, in the mainstream to play games at home, like the arcade at home kind yep. of thing. Yeah, that's right. Um, and now, yeah, it's like it's going backwards to creating all these extra... Um, Roadblocks. It's like, do you remember exactly what happened at PAX when we went to play... Um, the NBC Infinite. Yeah. Mm. I mean, we obviously played it, but we had to wait for it to yeah, install, it quite didn't a while. we? Yeah. But luckily it had that kind of um, basic install, so you could it would get to like 25% and then it would say, okay, you can play, but it yep. was only like with one level... Yeah, and, um, and certain characters or something like that. Yeah, I can't remember if the characters were limited, but yeah, I remember. <laughs> we just that was just so it was such a weird experience. Us guys, like, we spend all our time in the classic gaming area, and I'm like, Mark, why don't we go play Mortal Kombat 10? Or because we've been talking about, well, we were playing in the Mortal Kombat 2 competition, mm. and um, like, let's play Mortal Kombat 10. You know, it'll be fun. And what they have this whole massive like console free play area they call it with Xbox Ones and PlayStation Fours and I guess they must have had Wii U's or Switches there mm. um, and waited in the line and then finally got to the front and the guys like no Mortal Kombat 10s all being used and then we go all right we'll play what's another fighting game and then we played Marvel versus Capcom Infinite. Yep. And um, <laughs> so we get our controls, and first we couldn't get the controls working. Yeah. Right. One of them was working, but then the other one wasn't, and then we were trying to figure out, and then eventually it just started working. I, I don't know what we did. We must have reset it and something mm. like that. And that took like 10 minutes, mm. and then we get the game in, and then it's like installing, and it's like, oh. <laughs> And I think at first you were like, let's do something else. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, it's just... I, I, I think, from memory, we just waited it out a bit. I mm. think we were discussing what we would do. I think because the, the, state, the, the length of the loading bar was so large that it just looked like it was going to take forever. Mm. And then when we realised once it got to a certain percentage, like I said, maybe 25% were able to play it, mm. that's when we went, oh, okay, well, we may as well play. Yep. Yep. And the funny thing was, I remember on that console, there was about 10 games that were all, like, 
a quarter installed because people must have done the exact same thing. Like mm. they'd got there, started installing it, and then realized it was going to take ages and then just went, uh, let's do something else. Mm. Like, mm. didn't they think about this when they were organizing packs? Like, let's install all the games on the consoles before, I think it was organized by all JB Hi-Fi, that area. Mm. So it's probably their fault, but yeah. Let's just blame JB Hi-Fi. Yeah, let's not blame packs. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah, it's an interesting position with modern gaming, yeah. I think. Modern console gaming. In contrast, uh, we walk up to the Mortal Kombat 2 arcade and press the start button and then mm, play. Mm. <laughs> I mean, well, even back then they'd come out with new revisions. But you'd swap some chips. Well, I guess you'd have to wait for it to be sent in the post, maybe three weeks for it to come in the post. And mm. But at least you could still play the previous version while you're waiting. Mm. I don't know. But um, even having said all that, I'm still keen to play RE7. Mm -hmm. I'm still keen to play Halo 5. Mm -hmm. um, what scares me is that when I finally do get the time to chuck those discs in again and decide to play it, there's probably going to be a system update or, a, or <laughs> another patch. And it's going to be another two hours or something to wait. So you, you lose that immediacy of going... You know, I feel like playing this game. <laughs> Chucking it in and then playing that game. Instead, you've got that thought, well, if I put in that game, are we mm. going to be able to play it or not? I don't know. I guess they're, they're not catering to us variety gamers. <laughs> they're mm. catering to the people who have their Xbox and PlayStation on, mm. like, every day. And so when the update comes along, you can't play that day. But then it's normally kept up to date all the time. Mm. Whereas not, not for people like you, where you might turn it on every couple of weeks, or yeah. you know, and you've got all these other games that you can play, yeah, um, and pinball machines and stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they just <laughs> Sony and Microsoft think you have an Xbox or a PlayStation. They don't think you have four pinball machines in your garage. Yeah, and arcade <laughs> machines. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was a frustrating. Time. Not to mention an extensive Sega collection. <laughs> I mean, what is Sega to Microsoft and Sony now? Mm. They're just the company that makes Sonic mm -hmm. games that aren't even really very good. No. And the only one that's good is not actually made by them. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's what I've been doing. I have, I did enjoy playing Ultimate Ghosts and Goblins again, and that's another. I actually checked the the time stamps on the save games and it was 2006 the last time I played wow. that, which is a while ago. <laughs> um, it actually really surprised me how hard that game is. Mm -hmm. From the very start, as soon as you start in the first section on the first level, you are just getting mauled by everything. <laughs> and it's just so cheap. There's everything coming at you. There's, there's in, on purpose choke points mm -hmm. where you get up to a point and there's things coming at you from all directions, but mm -hmm. you have to go and kill this thing, and there's things knocking you off platforms, mm -hmm. and it's just, it is absolutely brutal. You seem to have a thing for cheap AI games. I do, don't I? Because, <laughs> yeah, I did. like to be brutalized. <laughs> <laughs> I did start playing that and go, what the fuck? This is so much harder than what I remember. <laughs> and I thought, how could, how could anyone get into this game? And then... Five minutes into it of getting brutalized, I thought, yeah, I really like this. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't know what that says about me, but anyway. It just makes me think of the video of that 
when you see between the guy's legs and just the heel of the woman coming <laughs> down. <laughs> Without describing it too vividly. I think everyone knows what I'm talking about. Oh, I think we are, yes. <laughs> um, so that's me, and we should probably call it because we're way over time. Mm -hmm. So thanks for listening to Game the System podcast. If you'd like to contact us, the best way to do that is on the Game the System forums at gamethesystem.co. You can also reach out to us via email, feedback at gamethesystem.co. You can reach me on Twitter at Mark's Tweet. That's at Mark's, M-A-R-C-S, underscore tweet. And John and Matt are Waygo and BSS on the forums. What's BSS? Oh, this is a long story. <laughs> we'll have to cover that in another episode. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so thanks for listening and goodbye. Bye. Bye. Shut up and sit down.